Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, uh, May 24th, 2020. Tonight's speaker is MJ, also known as Michael Joseph. Welcome, brother. Hey, hey, thank you, Jim. Hey, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, I can remember I I had a dream. Um, well, it's been a couple of years back now, but uh, I had a wolf pack come um, come to me in a dream. I was riding in a in a Bronco, and uh, and I, I look out the side of the road, and there's this uh, pack of wolves. Um, you know, running beside me in the side of the road, and we, we, you know, we're just barely moving in the truck. And I had this crazy idea to open up the the, the door, and I did. And one of the wolves jumped in um, the truck with us, and that was my dad was in the was in the truck with me, and he was in the passenger seat, and and I went to pet the wolf and he was screaming he had to, he had his knife out and he was screaming at me kill him you know kill him and I went to pet him and the wolf put put um uh my arm my forearm in his mouth and and literally he's just screaming at me kill kill him kill him and I was like why kill him he's not hurting me you know right and yeah. so I just went to petting him and you know we were tussling, kind of like you know you would with the with the dog that lives in the house with you. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, uh, so I opened up the door and let him out, and uh, he kind of gave me the nod. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he went off. But the dream was so vivid, I could still see him. I could see him in formation right now, and uh, it, I just remember how. Anyway, I reached out to White Wolf and asked him about that, and he said, um, he said, he said, you're you're of the tribe of Benjamin. The wolf came to visit you, you know. And um, oh, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. So one day I got, uh, I, you know, how you have these uh, different, you know, testing and tribulations in life. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> one day I was having a struggle, and I reached out to uh, to White Wolf and uh, told him about that. His his single response was uh, short and sweet. You're, you're riding with the wolf pack, man up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I had one a few years back that I, I was somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, but there was a building there, you know, had like screens on it. And I went into the building, uh, but I kept focusing on, you know, the screen and it. You know how you get a uneasy, eerie feeling? Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, I knew something was out there, but I didn't quite know what. And next thing you know, there was a wolf, a big, I mean, massive black wolf that got in there where I was at. You know how they their teeth snarl up and everything? Oh, yeah. And uh, that even in my dream, it, you know, 
freaked me out and it it tried to bite me and bite my arm and stuff like that but i i happened to get away from it and uh i asked white wolf what that was he says i don't know there's someone that's you know possibly uh got you know i don't know something against me or or they feel something against me and they're trying to come at me in a certain way he said but you getting away from there uh he said that's like you know they can't touch you and they you know i would just not disregard it but he says you know they don't have the power right you know because when you have dreams sometimes you try to figure out what those meanings mean yeah coming up from the subconscious or somewhere you know right yeah like something's either you know it bit me on my left arm you know or or tried to but well it got a hold of it but then it didn't sink its teeth into me and uh and i i got away from it and uh that was kind of like the end of the dream after that i don't know what that meant unless that was I had an uneasy feeling, which didn't, that wasn't a good thing. Yeah, I remember uh, White Wolf used to say that if somebody was ever chasing you in a dream, to try to turn towards them and say, you know, what do you want? Like, face your fear. Because a lot of times I know in a dream when someone's chasing me, I don't know, man. It's like I, I, I start running from them and the fear, you know, in the dream, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm just trying to get away from him. He's like, nah, stop, stop and turn toward him and say, what do you want? And, uh, yeah, you remember that? Remember when he told that lady that and, and call? Yes. Sir. And being, I mean, that's easier said than done. I know. I know. <laughs> if you're in you a dream, yeah, cognizant. Yep. yeah, well, they were saying like, if you lose a dream or something like that, if you get yep. used to doing it every day, take your, you know your pointing finger and push it into your uh right hand you know he said if it's a if if you're if you're not dreaming and you're awake it won't go through it he said but in your dream if you're dreaming you do that you get in the habit of doing that taking your finger and putting in your palm pushing through it he said if you're dreaming it will go right through your hand that way that's a sign that you're dreaming and uh, then then you can ask the questions he said if you get in the habit of taking your finger while you're awake and you know pressing it into your palm then you know that you're that you're consciously conscious of but if you're dreaming it will go right through your hand your finger would then that way that's a sign to you that you're dreaming then we yeah, can it's like that movie Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. I think Brother Gill's in there. He is. Okay. Are you good? Are you? Are you? Oh, I'm six six one. Um. Yeah. That, I don't know. Is there another number in there? I just don't see it. This is you pissed in the bed. Laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hello, gents. Uh, I I haven't pissed in the bed, and I'm not pissed, so. I'm not sure what you mean by that, brother. <laughs> but welcome anyway, all of you. Yeah. 
Well, man, I um, a couple of things, man. I've I've um, <clears throat> really um, well. Just today, I was sitting out on the front porch this morning, and um, I got to thinking about the um, the Ten Commandments, and you know, I remember in Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen, Paul says that the uh, <clears throat> what the scriptures say. Excuse me. Hold on one second. Yes, sir. Bro. The, the well, scriptures say that uh, that the um, that the law is spiritual. Yes. And so, when it says honor thy father and thy mother, and it's saying that the law is spiritual. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we know that it's a good thing to to honor our um, our physical parents. That's a that's a really good thing because they're the they're the first representation. Um, of God that the child has of, you know, and because, you know, you have both the male and the female aspect of God uh, being represented, you know, and you can know this by the book of Romans chapter two, it says you can know the Godhead by looking at the things created. So we can see that there's a feminine side of the Godhead because there's a mom there. And uh, so I got to thinking, okay, but Paul says that the um, honor of thy father and thy and thy mother is spiritual. It's a spiritual law, all right. So when we think about spiritual laws, we have to think about um, ideas. And uh, so uh, you know, like for instance, I was like staring at uh, just sitting on the front porch, and I was just staring at the railing, and. And it, you know, it dawned on me what came first, the railing or the idea of the railing, the uh, the substance or the idea of substance, and then you know that leads you into um, well, well, what is the the primary fountainhead from which everything flows? And um, you know, logically speaking, you're going to come back like you, you say, well, it's life. Well, what what had to come before life? There had to be something that comes before life. And because life is a is a subset of a greater set, and and it's it what I came to was being, just just you know I am or saying God is just being is the is the old, the universal fountain from which it all flows from, and because yes. uh, it, it says in here that in the scriptures that the Father has life. And the Son has life in him as well. And and then in in, in the um, the metaphysical book of John, you know, it it defines the Son. I mean, I mean, really, if you're paying attention, it defines what the Son is. So, you know, we're looking at um, the perf- the perfect the perfection of man, the the perfect idea of man and God, and life was given unto the Son, and that we are to think of the Son as one even as one sent by the Father. All right, so, you know, the, where we go wrong is when we start to personify principle. And and I understand why they did it. I, I, I Maybe to say where we go wrong is a wrong way of saying it. Um, I think better way of saying it, when we start to anthropomorphize um, or personify ideas, um, it, it has its it has its pros and it has its cons, especially you know if you're reading it uh, reading the analogy from a particular mindset or an emotional 
set, uh, you can come up with all sorts of crazy ideas of what it means. Um, but when we look at the uh, um, the Godhead, uh, and we just say God is, then we have to say that both the f- the masculine and the feminine side of God, which will, I will call our father and our mother, just is. It, it is there. There's yeah. so so we just say um, you know, so. What would be the masculine side? Well, the masculine side is divine mind. It's universal divine mind. And the feminine side is going to be because, like, if you look at the Earth, you know how they call it Mother Earth because uh, yes. she receives the seed, and then she will, you know, she will birth the plant or the tree, you know, right? So it's Mother Earth. Well, let's think about it now, not from the the, the substance of Earth because that's secondary cause, that's secondary effect rather, that's a secondary effect. Let's think about the idea of earth and let's think of what is what's what's the substrate that we can't see that understands all of what we can see it's like uh, um, some people will say it stands back behind or understands or you know what i'm saying so yes so uh we could even say the mother aspect of the Godhead is universal energy, um, uh, universal frequency. Uh, I, I know. See, words fail because um, the mystics call it uh, ether because uh, they don't really have another better way of saying it. But uh, it's the universal substrate in that we can't see with our five senses, but which understands all that we can see and experience with our five senses. Amen. Uh, it is it is that which is, uh, well, I, I'm going to get to it in a minute, so maybe I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but if you think of it as the, the real uh, material, what we cannot perceive with our five senses, uh, and then when you think of substance that we can perceive out of our five senses, that it, it, it's, it, think of that, let's call that matter, and let's just say that all matter is understood by this um, divine uh, feminine aspect, um, energy, frequency, ether, whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? So when yes. he says in the scripture, honor thy father and thy mother, you know, in the in the Ten Commandments, when I say He, when it's written, you know, honor thy father, thy mother. Um, you know, think of that. That now let's come up higher, because He says if you if you honor your father and your mother, you're going to live long in the land. Why? Mm-hmm. Because because we're no longer eating the physical bread. We don't have to live. Man does not live by bread alone. We'll get to that point in a minute. We're 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 under. We understand that our that the true bread is the spiritual bread, which is the real substance which stands behind what what I would call the physical uh, uh, reality. The physical, think of it like this right here. The real, the real substance changes not. Remember the scripture says, I change not, period. All right, yeah. so the real substance, which, which we can call spirit or ether, whatever you want to say it, uh, 
it doesn't change. No, sir. It, it is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But when we look at um, the physical substance of our five-sense world, well, it does change, doesn't it? I mean, we, we, we're born, and these bodies, they come up, and they have, it has its seasons. And uh, you look at it, uh, the life of a tree or uh, look at anything that man has ever built. It has a lifetime associated with it. You know, man builds a bridge out of concrete and steel. If the thing lasts 100 years, he's done pretty good, you know. Yes, but, sir. Uh, and yes, sir. I, believe, I believe what you're saying there. I mean, like when you were talking about honoring your mother and father. Okay, that'd be yes. in one S. You could say it's like the family unit or the total uh, unit of all that is. I mean, you got uh, you got the spiritual, but yet we have the physical. If we if we honor the father and the mother, which is the conscious and subconscious mind, and they come together as one and you know what I'm talking about? Then we're honoring mm -hmm. that true that true unit of who we are, which is that spiritual divine essence, the ether you're saying, or yes. you know, or, or spirit, and which is the true uh, nature of all that is. I mean, because mm -hmm. I mean, even though we're in this fleshly body, and if we if we look at it from a physical sense, like most people do, uh, we're we're judging whether it be good or bad or vice versa, and whatever we speak, you know, which it, it manifests in the physical, but it comes forth from the ether, and we're drawing it out of that thought or the you know the thought essence or the spiritual essence which is the true you yeah. and that's and i believe I, I think i know where you're going with this praise java but uh it's yes, sir. when we honor that true self the true us not the physical anything about the physical it's just a visible manifestation of what's really we're bringing it into a three-dimensional aspect that's exactly right, and that's where I'd like to just – there's two places I'd like to go into the Scripture. Uh, and the first one, it comes out of John chapter 6. Amen. And it, it's a story about where um, this is um, – Jesus and the Twelve have has already sat down the, uh, the 5,000. And think of the 5,000 people as, as thoughts that you have in your conscience that are there that are now turning towards the possibility that spirit is uh, is perhaps uh, the, the the true reality not quite sure yet but uh, ready to listen right mm -hmm. and so um, so then it's the five loaves and the two the two fish and of course you know that speaks to the sevenfold aspect of man uh, when he's ready and receptive to to enter into that twelvefold, he's 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 in a receptive state now and ready to push on. But but here um, he's he's done fed him, and the the next day, you know, is what we're talking about. And he's he's addressing the crowd, 
because they they've come at him. Okay, the crowd are member of thoughts, and and here Jesus represents the spiritual I am, and they're basically seeking to make him king. Okay, but he's not ready yet to become come king. He doesn't want to be. Uh, in other words, you take the kingdom of God by force, right? So he's not. Yeah. He, the spirit comes and goes as it needs to come and go. All right. So, um, but he addresses the crowd and he says this. He says, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. He says, work not for the food which perisheth. And, you know, that's the physical substance like we're talking about, right, Jim? Yes, sir. He says, but yes. work, work for the food which abideth unto eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. All right? So, again, the Son of Man is the Christ, the Logos, and... Ultimately, you know how in John chapter 1 it says he was the Word made flesh. Well, you know, if we think about transfiguration and, and unity and, and so emerging our conscience, our thoughts with, um, with the divine Godhead such that we could literally say, uh, I and the Father are one and believe it internally, absolutely 100% believe it, Notice the, the language that was meted out by the one called Jesus is so precise that that the, the Jews in, in the in it's just it's unfortunate that there's a people called the Jews because you know, they take a bad rap, but when you read about the Jews, how they the Pharisees when they, they come and they're like, um, you know, they're ready to kill him <clears throat> and because he said that uh that he was he and the Father are one. He makes he made himself to be equal with God, and they're ready to kill him for that. Well, think of the Jews as your your own intellect. Th- these are the people, uh, the thoughts that are more interested in what the scriptures say, uh, literally, and and you know following you know the the customs, the rites, the traditions, the laws. You know, so, so honor thy father and thy mother to, to, to the Jew, to the intellect, would mean, you know, to show respect unto your physical mother and your physical father. Um, and you see how they seek to kill the spirit, uh, Jesus. They, they don't understand the spirit. They can't understand that there's something greater than their own intellect and their ability to uh, rationalize and figure things out. All right, so... They're always, it's the ancient story playing again, Cain versus Abel. Uh, Abel was the keeper of the, of the flocks, the sheep of, uh, of God. And it, it's just the ancient tale. Well, <clears throat> what's really interesting to me is the, um, there's another story that I, um, it's, it's a, a parable. I say a story. I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, it's a parable about this man who who was um, he was 38 years sitting at this um, this pool called Bethsaida, and and along comes Jesus. Remember the spiritual I am, and he says to this man, he says, uh, "You want to be whole, and you want to be healed." And the guy says, uh, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> sure, right." And he says, "Look." The, the the deal was is that this angel would come down every and steer up the waters and and he but he was he he was lame he couldn't walk and you no know, no nobody to help him get into the water so you know 
he couldn't be healed. Somebody would always beat him into the waters. And so here comes spirit. Now, notice that in this, in this particular parable, it was this pool by the five porches. Well, that's a hint. Uh, the five porches are the five senses. And what he's saying here is uh, this, the steering up the waters is, is an analogy for uh, steering up the intellect, you know, the rational mind. And, and he says, look, now look, it's interesting that the man's 38 years old because, you know, when you think of, of your youth, when you're 18, you're just, I mean, you're full of vigor, you know, as a young man. Uh, time you're 20, 20, 21, your strength is there. I mean, you know, the time you get to be around 38 years old, you're starting to wane a little bit. You're on the other side of it. You're getting close <laughs> to it. And uh, you ain't got that, that swag that you had at 21, 25, you know, it's, it's gone. And uh, so he's 38 years old. He's been 38 years at this pool. And sometimes in life, you know, when we get on that, that side and our senses are telling us that, oh, uh, well, I'm, in, I'm entering the winter of my life or whatever, that's just your senses telling you that. It doesn't have to be because the senses are, are not really what's real to begin with. Um, that womb man of creation uh um, which i call ether uh uh, the spirit um that's what's real and you know and so when we're able to so immerse our personality uh via the imagination through techniques of meditation and and other techniques like going up on the mountain so to speak a state of high high bliss and meditation um you know we're able to um, create, you know, according to, you know, prayer that we talked about, yad heh vav heh, that's what's real, not the five senses. So, but here's the great thing. Notice that here comes spirit. Jesus represents spirit here in this, in this parable. And he's speaking to this man. Of course, he represents uh, matter. And he doesn't tell the man, okay, you're going to need to go, and you're going to need to dip yourself first in this pool. And then, you know, remember the pool is subject to the five senses. There's five porches there. No, he tells the man, get up and walk. And in other words, spirit don't have to have anything to do. The senses do not limit spirit whatsoever because um, ether or the spirit is what understands the physical world. And so it can come down and it can touch the, the spiritual world and say, get up and walk. You don't need to, to do anything to satiate your five senses. Get up. And, and what did he do? He leapt up. Well, what did the Jews do? They said, hey, man, who told you to break the law? It's a Sabbath. Who told you to do that? And the great thing about it is this. You see, the Father has life in him, and so does the Son. Okay. The, by the way, the Father and the Son are the same, you see, because it, he, uh, the Son comes in the Father's name. So the Father and the Son are yad yad he, vav he. It's the same, different capacity. And so uh, when, we, when we see that, um, we, remember he said that he created uh, the world in six days, and then in the... Uh, and the seventh he rested. But here's the thing. In the, in, the, in the book of John, it tells us 
by the way, we, we understand that those six days or six degrees they have to do do with prayer or six aspects of uh, uh, natures of prayer. Um, and we rest in the seventh, coming to the true Sabbath, meaning that we we, we leave it to God, We're not by strength, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It, the, your, your new creation or your saving state is going to be birthed by the Holy Spirit. And, and that is the divine mother, and or say the womb man, if you would, the womb of creation. So, the the really neat thing that I find is, you see, he life never takes a break. So nature, nature, which is subject to the five senses. It, it does seem, indeed, that uh, everything that we can perceive with our with our eyes uh, and our senses, um, it decays, it breaks down. But life never ever takes a break, and and so Jesus says, he says, I work, my father works, and he, my father works even until now. In other words, think of it like this. Where most everybody else is sabbathing because they're they're um, sabbathing they're they're taking a day of rest, um, whatever day of rest they choose, be it Sunday, Saturday, whatever day of rest they choose, because they're that's an exoteric or outward expression of the real truth. It's a school teacher. That's all it is. All right, Amen. and uh, but life never takes a day of rest. Life just is. Life is in the is in the upper echelon of of uh, Keter. You know, you have Keter, Pokemon, and Bina. That's where life is. Life is in the upper echelon. It never rests. So the Father, the if you want to think about these, um, let's not get it wrong here. I don't want to confuse, but I don't want to upset anybody, and I don't want to um, diminish anybody's uh, um, ideas about religion or whatever. There is a personal relationship. There, I'm not going to diminish that. But, but in the upper echelon, some of the um, the ideas in being are impersonable. Like, for instance, life. It's an impersonable um, principle. It just is. And and when we begin to see things in a in a instead of looking at substance and say, um, hey, that's a tree. Remember. He brought these things to Adam to see what he would name them. Okay, so in other words, think of that as the idea of a tree was brought unto Adam, and Adam called it a tree, and a tree it became. All right, and so you know, uh, right? So what came first, the idea of the tree or the tree? It's the idea. It's the spiritual. uh, It came first. So. Here's the thing. When we learn, when we begin to focus our conscience, our ideas, our thoughts, our meditations on what I'll call the substrate, uh, which understands all matter, all substance, our conscience is going to hone in to that. It's going to hone in to the to the divine mother, the the, the divine feminine, and unfortunately. Um, you know, when I, I'm not going to point the finger, and I'm not going to even ridicule, because um, I, I think 
the priests and the parishioners both are in the same kettle of uh, witches brew together. Uh, um, but I think we're at a point now where we can really understand that, you know, the patriarchal system that we've been taught denies the divine mother, the divine feminine. And we, when we begin to understand, um, you know, the nature of a woman, what she does, what, what, just look at what her body does. And we can begin to um, think of that on a much higher plane in regard to um, spirit, which I will call unlimited mind. I'll, I'll call it uh, divine mind or universal mind. And then we have universal substance. So universal mind is father and universal substance is mother. And <laughs> when you get there and you and you say, okay, we we read in Colossians that Christ is all and in all. Then we say, okay, well that means the true self, or how I how I say it like this right here. Within every single individual, and by that I mean every man and woman that's ever lived, uh, the true self within that man and woman is the Christ. Amen. That's our true self. Yes. And that's why that's why the one called Jesus, who in the, in the analogy here represents the Christ, says, "Work not for the food which perisheth." Or in another place, in another analogy, uh, parable rather, uh, he talks about the uh, the one who works for uh, for he lays up uh, treasures in the New Testament. I can't remember the, the particular parable, but he's like you 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 you're laying up all this wealth. He says, but this stuff rusts. This stuff, you know, you're going to have to put protections on it and you just pray that you made the right decision because uh, it's all a you know a roll of the dice you know and he says instead you know work for the food which abideth until eternal life so this food which abides until eternal life has to do number one with understanding and you know how he says in the last day then i will raise him up that kind of thing yeah, and here it is right here. That's also in the uh in the uh sixth chapter of John. He says, um Let me get to the uh, verse thirty uh verse thirty nine, and this is the will of him that sent me. See and, and see it's written as if we have a father and a son and one sending and the other, but that's not how you need to look at it. You need to look at it as the father is the divine mind universal mind the son is the christ uh within all of us every single one of us it's like it's like a a, a geometric equal uh field uh, words fail me I, I i apologize i'm trying to my best but i but he says and this is the will of him that sent me that all that which he hath given me i should lose nothing but should raise it up on the last day all right well here um, in exoteric religion, we we think of the last day as the judgment day, and in that you know the Father um, says in in the book of John, I don't judge anyone. Judgment is put in the Son. The the Son is where judgment is, and you know when we think about the Son, 
Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. Well, I said which son we are. That's why it's a personal relationship with that divine creator. Because the like, like you were saying before about the father, that's that divine eternal spirit mind that is. I am that I am. That is my nature forever. And I change not. What he's telling us it, through that divine mind, and we have he has given us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to us to where we could think. He he's putting that within us, but yet the way we're deciphering it within ourselves in this fleshly body that we are, uh sometimes it it's right online, but other times it gets distorted because out of our mouth will come that blessing or cursing. We, you know, we didn't pay quite enough attention to what that was really telling us. We weren't patient enough to receive the, the fullness of what was being put forward within us. Because it tells us out of our heart, which is the middle subconscious mind, the mouth will speak. And it says that we're in need of patience. We get a little something, we want to run with it right away without hearing the full story. You know what I'm saying, brother? I think you just hit it right on the head. Yeah, I think, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, because, you know, this, the, the, in the Old Testament, it talks about this one called Moses and how he, he caused, you know, uh, manna to fall from the skies, the heavens, and they, they gathered it all up and they ate and they were good. And, and he said, look, he says, um, gather up um, the double portion on, on you know, the sixth day. By the way, there ain't no such thing as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. God never had, he never named the days. <laughs> and, it's, you know, so these are the naming of the days and the setting of a calendar. That's man's, that's man's creation. That ain't got nothing to do with God. And, you know, and what I mean by that is um, when you search the scriptures, you can't find a Monday, Tuesday, or, or March, April, June, July. You can't find any of that. No. You know, Every day so, is like the Lord. That's right. So you think about that. When somebody argues, well, Saturday is the Sabbath. Another guy says, no, it's Sunday. And just, just remember that. Man created the days, right? Yes, so uh, every day unto the Lord, like you said. So, I mean, so, so Moses, he prays. And and down comes this. Uh, but notice about this manna. It, that he says, "Get you a double portion on the sixth day." And it says there, "Go check me out." It says, "Every man um, he gathered um, to his own satisfaction." And what I would like you to consider now: don't think of the manna. Now let's go into a higher level of the manna. Now, not manna for the stomach, but manna for the mind and mm -hmm. um, the soul. And um, Notice that every man gathered according to his, you know, I can't remember the exact word. I'm going to say satisfaction. What I'm saying to you is this. Some people you will meet in life, and, and they will flat out tell you the King James Version of the Bible is the Scriptures. It's the Lord's Word. Anything outside of that is absolute uh, blasphemy. And see, they can only gather a little manna, and that's fine. If that's all the manna they can gather, then fine. Then let them gather their manna and let them be happy. Okay? Other people will eat at the sugar pigraphal. They'll eat at the, uh, the um, apocryphal. They'll eat at, at fiction, fiction writings. See, 
you see, they they have the ability to follow Christ whether wherever Christ shall lead, and and see they can eat a lot more manna. They can gather a, a whole lot more, and so they understand. Okay, this is really what I came for, and then, and then we'll go to Matthew four, but they understand that. You see, he says in some place here in, in the book of John where you search the scriptures thinking that in them you will find salvation. And he says, don't you know that these scriptures testify of me? These, in, in other words, if you think that following the letter of the law of the scriptures, you're going to find the Christ, you're wrong. It's not going to happen. If you think that you see, these things testify, you, you have to... You have to, um, um, there has to be, number one, there has to be a knowing, and number two, there has to be a doing. So when we understand, like what Jim was saying just a minute ago about words and ideas, you know, when someone said well, a, lo- a long time ago, in my youth, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me, that is absolutely false. Words can tear you to the ground. Words are spiritual Words have power, and because they can, they touch at the subconscious, and they they begin to they're the building blocks, the bricks of of belief. So indeed, words can rip you and rip you to shreds. All right. So you know the 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 fundamental idea. I'm I'm trying to make sure I don't lose grasp of it. Um, my mind's keeps going in all these different ways and I got to make sure I come back to the fundamental <laughs> that is uh you know Moses caused the physical manna to fall and they ate it and died they died in the wilderness they in other words they couldn't perceive that the the physical uh matter is is understood by um the um universal substance if they could get past the the physical world in, in in their consciousness to focus in their meditations upon universal and focus upon the ideas and so instead of just substance as in that's a tree but no no it's the idea of a tree which came before that's a tree and that's what genesis 1 is telling us genesis 1 is the creation in spirit and Genesis two is the manifestation in matter. All right. So uh I guess the 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 heart the heart of that is that I really just was laid on me today was uh honor thy father and thy mother. All right. So now let's let's go look at this internal struggle that's in the New Testament in the parable where um, you know, any any um Bible student's going to know the temptation of Jesus where, uh, you know, he's he's been out there for 40 days and 40 nights and um, no food, no water, right? And uh, he's fasting. Fasting from what, by the way? I mean, right? So come on, let's come up a little bit and, you know, food and water now take on a whole different meaning. And, you know, like in, in the book of John where he says, um, well, let me get it in front of me so I don't misquote it because... It's kind of a gross statement until you until you understand. He says, um, he says. Let me start here in verse fifty-two. This is uh, uh, John chapter six or fifty-two. 
He said the Jews therefore strove with one another. That's that's your intellect. That's where your intellect is starting to parse these ideas out. Saying, how can this man give us flesh to eat? I mean, this is a man. We can see this. He see him with our own two eyes. That think about this now. Where the Jews here represent the the rational thoughts, and Jesus is saying he's a man, so he's representing the spiritual I am, but it's, it's anthropomorphized as a man. He said, how can this man give us flesh to eat? Um, Jesus therefore said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye, ye have not life in yourselves. Now, that's verse 53. Now, the, the Christians have been taking communion forever, eating their wafers and drinking their wine. It's symbolic of eating the flesh and drinking the blood. And I'm telling you, I spoke to a guy one time, and I won't mention the church, but he believed with all his being, and he flat out told me, he explained it all to me, that when they take that wafer, when that priest puts that wafer on their that tongue, his tongue, it becomes the actual flesh body of Jesus. That's what he believes. Whoa. Yeah, whoa is right. I mean, I, I, I had... I had a little fun with him because I asked him what part of Jesus's body he was eating. <laughs> he did not like that. You know, he did not like that, dude. And I went a little too far. I went, I went past that, but you make know, him think, brother, though. Oh boy. He went about cross. I thought it was going to come out. I thought he was, I thought his spirit was going to leave his body, man. He was upset. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. Don't push him that hard, but he says, he that eateth, my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Again, the last day, the last time is just like saying the last understanding, the the point where you you're entering into um, the knowledge of how to act, how to access the uh, universal substance through universal mind honoring your father and your mother what's the promise that happens when you honor your father you will live long in the land the land of course is the spiritual laws the spiritual field uh is the land all right so eating his flesh and drinking his blood what's that all about it has to do with the principles the thoughts the ideas the desires of god that's the that's the eating and and you know when we eat the, the 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 flesh of the logos is the is the the manifestation the outward manifestation of the spiritual principles which underline the logos so in the scriptures Jesus Christ the one called Jesus Christ is the pattern man is the man which shows us what we ourselves are supposed to do. And we, he says, look, my words are life. And so the, the, when we begin to um, find the wisdom behind the, the parables that are meted out in such perfection and precision um, in, in the Old and the New Testament, the whole book is a, is a parable. He said he, he opened up his mouth. He didn't open up his mouth except he spoke in a parable. So when the Logos speaks, it's a parable. Well, the Logos is the Word of God. <laughs> okay, so, so the the point is though is that when you when you get to where you understand, then you've entered into the last day because now you can you can you can um, I say take that's probably not right. Partake is better. 
from the Holy Spirit. You can partake of that holy ether, the, the universal substance, and bring forth whatever your heart desires. Uh, and, and you think to yourself, well, if I'm bringing forth whatever my heart desires to serve me in a carnal, fleshly capacity, I sort of missed the boat, haven't I? Because this carnal, the, he, he says in another place, the flesh profits nothing. Yes, sir. So if the flesh profits nothing, then we better be about the work of, of redeeming this flesh. And how do, when I say we have to be about that work, this is where there, there, there's a real fine line here. And the super preachers have muddied the water big time. And he says, well, you need to put your, um, your faith in Jesus. That's what he said in John 3.16. That's what they tell me they said. And all you got to do is believe in, in, in this man, and, and you're good. Uh, well, but that goes against the whole Bible. It says faith absent works is dead. So yeah. we have to take our faith, and we got to put it in, you know, maybe we got to put it in low one at first, you know. But we the, the idea is to get on into high two, you know, and <laughs> uh, get, on, get that tractor moving, man. So, you know... Uh, Anyway, we got to start somewhere, and in uh, putting our faith in the Son, the Son of God, which I, which is again, it's an analogy. The Son of God is Christ. The Son of God is your true self. Christ is is all and in all. Christ is in another place. We're told Christ is the totality of the Godhead, and that tells us that the the idea of Christ is the totality of universal mind and universal substance. So when we honor that, so now we understand that if we put our faith in the Son, in universal mind and universal substance, and we begin to um, understand those principles, those um, foundational principles, and we begin to honor them and to abide in them, then, then now we can come, uh, maybe for the first time, uh, and worship in spirit and in truth. But like anything else, just as a child is born into the world, he can't run a 40-yard dash. He's going to stumble and bumble before he can walk. And so there's a, there's a maturation going on here. But so I'd like you to see these different... Um, like the Gospels, for instance, in the New Testament, as um, when you read them, don't read them as a narrative. Read them as uh, outworkings in 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 higher and higher degrees. Read of read them as a path that you're walking on, uh, or maybe even stairs. You might even look at it as a ladder that you're climbing. Um, as as spiritually, inwardly, you're getting stronger and stronger. Your demonstrations are becoming greater and greater. And remember, he says, in, in the last day, or the last understanding, that where you enter into total understanding of universal mind and spirit, I will raise him up. And then that's a saying of you're going to enter into transfiguration, and, and you're not going to... And it says you live long in the land. That's right. In other words, you cannot die. Brother. And when you reach the transfigured state, there's no death. Yes, sir. I mean, if I can interject here, just to, I mean, a thought came to me with what you're saying, and I believe it goes along with what you're saying. 
you know, right. you're talking about the true, the true us, which is that spiritual mind and, you know, we're spirit. But you were talking about how the Lord will raise him up in the last day. If we, if we uh, adhere to and trust in and rely on in that divine, eternal, divine mind or the creator all that's that is us and part of us and you know in the romans the eighth chapter where it says this corruptible must put on incorruption yeah. and that uh, that uh, we're gonna the the man uh, you know the scripture tells us that the the one that they're calling jesus you know he says of himself he can do nothing except what he sees the father do same with us we can't think or do anything unless that divine spirit the real us that's within us tells us what to do whether it be to lift our hand or sit down or whatever the case may be or to even speak and but the 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 earthly minded man is not subject to the spiritual the mind of the creator because it's not paying attention to his mind or it's focused on this three-dimensional aspect out here yes. but if the man you know the messiah or the teacher he was called the the christ he christ means anointed okay we are the anointed of god he he indwells within us the temple that he created without hands and he's telling us even in the scriptures that this corruptible has to put on incorruption and you were talking about the ten commandments earlier about honor your mother and father your right hemisphere and your left hemisphere of your brain which when they become one you are the full man and and if we adhere to what that divine spirit mind that's within us if we adhere to it and overcome and take the spiritual as well as the physical and if it's in perfect obedience this corruptible puts on incorruption isn't that what you would call a perfect man true man yes uh, you know I mean as you were saying all that all this stuff started coming in there i mean because you know even in the four gospels i didn't mean to cut you off brother but in the four no, gospels no, it says not, not everyone's going to see death yes. now when most people think about death they think about leaving this body and i think when the stuff was put together the creator knew what he was doing he said not everyone will taste death that i believe that's not everyone's going to taste death in this body because we've risen and overcome the world just as the Christ aspect has. Now he says we must overcome also. And what does he say that the, uh, how does he say, wait, the sons of God wait in humble expectation to become the sons of God? I think that's in Romans the 8th chapter where this corruptible yeah, says, put on incorruption. Yeah, it says nature. Nature waits uh, for the sun, the manifestation of the sons of God. So, you know, nature is five cents stuff. 
it, yes, it's sir. a limiting it's a limiting aspect. Uh, whereas when we when we so marry our um, our personality, we pick up our quote unquote cross and follow the Christ. Uh, and it's a remember in the, what is it the Philippians where he said he did not count it uh, robbery to be thought equal with God and. Amen. You know, and he said, he that keeps I, his tongue keeps his life. And if we bridle that tongue, it says the tongue no man can tame. It, it takes that divine spirit mind of the creator to bridle that tongue. And if we're in agreement and in, how can I put, a tune, in tune with the divine creator, then, you know, we can overcome and we we can do a lot of things. I mean, the scriptures are really telling us everything about us and all those hidden jewels in there. But many times we take what the scriptures are saying about one, what someone has told us in the churches and things like that. And we listen to them without picking up the book and really studying it ourselves and checking out what the words mean and why it was said that way. I mean... There's a whole lot of brother. Keep on keeping on. This is fantastic. I mean, I know this is ordained by God. I tell you. <laughs> well, I tell you, you know what's what's really a, a struggle with me and in bringing this forth is is there's so many tangents and I have to just keep reeling my mind back to the okay. Stay on the, <laughs> you know, don't go off on tangents. And so, you know, I want to go now to Matthew chapter four, which, uh, and I'm going to read from E.W. Bullinger's companion Bible. Um, and, and I'm going to read uh, the first four verses. And this is called the temptation of Jesus. All right. So here, in this, put yourself in 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 these shoes. Okay. In other words, think of think of this as um, you're going to go through this yourself. All right. And and so uh, this is part of the path of of getting to that point of uh, putting on the incorruptible. Is what I'm trying to say. It says, then was Jesus led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. All right, now we remember in Roman and Revelation chapter twelve, we read about this woman who went out into the wilderness who was fed of God directly, um, you know, mouth to mouth. All right, and then the serpent cast out a flood out of his mouth in order to get the woman. Well, in one instance, the woman is the church. You could you could say that's true, the true church, the body ecclesia. The second instance, the woman is your soul. So here, think of this as your soul being led out by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. In other words, you're being brought away from orthodox tradition and custom. And, and, and for what reason? To be put to the test of the devil. All right, so now you're going to get put to the test of your carnal, of your carnality. We're going to put to test your flesh consciousness and we're going to we're going to see, all right. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungry, all right. Now uh, forty in the scriptures, you go check me out in biblical numerics. Wherever you see a forty, it's like a time of probation. Uh, but everything has a positive and a negative side of things, all right. So because um, we have a, a, a masculine and a feminine 
uh, when you look at magnetics, uh, you know, they have polarities is what I'm trying to get at, right? So 40 in one sense, in other words, they were out in the in the desert for 40 years, wandering in the desert, right? Um, dry place, barren place. They got no truth, no life, really. All right. So he's been out there for 40 days fasting. But fasting from what exactly? I mean, what was his food? All right. And in, in other words, is this physical food? And this is what we're going to get to, because that's the question you have to get in your mind. We're juxtaposing this manna now. The, at the heart of, of Matthew 4 uh, is uh, the first four verses, is the juxtaposition between physical food and spiritual food. What's more real? And then, uh, and then when Satan, when you see the word Satan, uh, replace that with the adversary. And then you can even say the adversarial mind. All right? And, and if you want proof for that, go to Romans chapter 8, verses 7 through 9. And you'll see that the carnal mind is enmity. Jim quoted it a second ago. is hatred against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. It's the accusing mind. It's the part of the mind that that is always, you know, second guessing itself. And and you know, all right. When Satan, who was, and and when Satan, who was tempting him, having approached him and said, "Stones become loaves." Now think about that. When it says we have this 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 idea here, if we're reading it as a narrative, now we got two people here, two men. And they're, you know, talking, and one guy's starving, and, um, and you know, the one Satan knows that this guy is, is pretty far along on the uh, spiritual path and knows, and this one far along on the spiritual path knows how to bring forth from divine substance. I mean, clearly the first miracle he did was uh, changing the water into wine, which we won't go to that, but that has deep metaphysical meaning. But all right. But he, he tempts them. He says, stones become loaves. He's hungry. His stomach is growling. He needs food, right? But let's look, what, look, at, the, look at one called Jesus. What does he say? And, and I'm going to say, it, and it says, and he answered. I'm going to say, and Jesus answered and said, it, it's written, man shall not live upon bread alone, but upon every utterance that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Now, what he's saying here. If you if you're really getting down with uh, what what's being spoken about tonight, is when you begin to understand the connection between uh, divine mind and divine substance, then you become a living word, and just by your word, you can bring forth from primary substance, not from see the stones are secondary substance. What the, the temptation is, is to use that which is subject to the senses to satiate the senses. Okay? Uh, and, and that's where Jesus said another place, food for the belly, and then, you know, food for the mind, right? So um, so here he's saying, look, take these stones. You, you know, you can see them. You can feel them. Pick them up, you know, and turn them into bread so you can eat. And and he says, uh-uh, don't you know that, I mean, if I want food, I'll just bring it forth from universal substance. And that's the living food. The food that comes forth from that is, 
all I need to bring forward from that is one atom. Crack that thing open, and I got enough food to sustain me for for hundreds of thousands of years. And you want me to turn this into bread (laughs) for my stomach, right? It's the difference between a uh, combustible uh, four-cylinder engine and a nuclear power plant. All right, it's uh, I mean, and even that pales in 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 uh, and fails miserably in the analogy. All right, and so the same the same is put to us every day as we um, perceive with our with our eyes, our our ears, our our five senses. Our reality, and and we begin to make plans uh, based upon our experiences in this reality. That's the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. We have to put ourselves as the the central character here, and um, and realize that we're being tempted by and through the physical world. It it we're being proved, um, you know. Is it is it the forces of the physical world which govern us, or are we going to go to primary substance and honor our mother, honor the divine mother, and honor the divine father by going to primary primary cause and primary substance, and uh, and living the truth, living the absolute truth, because to actually turn those stones into into bread that you can eat in with your mouth and put in your stomach is to fall. That's a fall. That is to live by your senses, and that's the fall that happened in the garden. All right. So, you know, uh, the past couple of uh, I won't go any further in Matthew four, but uh, um, past couple of weeks we've been looking at uh, Deuteronomy thirty-two. And we've been looking at it because in in Revelation chapter 15, it tells us those who overcome sing the Song of Moses. So it's pretty important that we would understand, begin to understand the Song of Moses. And and we left off in verse 30, and I won't go a couple of verses, maybe five verses here in verse, and it's a long song, so you guys want to take it down in stages, but... But we left off in verse 30 was like, how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? And, you know, and just look, for instance, you say, well, the scriptures, you know, it's all been tampered with. Really? Go look at your hometown. You got a, you got a hometown of about 100,000 people? I guarantee you, you got more than about nine or ten police officers. Guarantee it. You know? <laughs> he just take it to the bank, all right. If it's if it's if, if it's just a hair over, there's maybe twelve, maybe, you know, all right. So they're right on the money. And so, but the point is, is it it seems like here that you got this angry God who's angry at these people who turn their back on them and. But just understand here, you have to put yourself in here as a central figure, the central central uh, player in the scriptures, because in effect, they're your autobiography. You did it. We, we we are creating our own heaven and our own hell. And um, if we're unhappy with the situation, 
more than likely the cause is that we're we're operating out of uh, secondary um, substance. We're operating from a matter-based uh, reality, and we're not honoring our father and our mother. Take it back to the spirit. So you know, verse thirty-one, he says, "For their rock, lowercase r, is not as our rock, uppercase r, even our enemies themselves being judges." All right. Well. In other words, if we're looking at matter as, as you know, you say, well, our whole world is subject to the scientific um, principle of experimentation and, you know, well, don't you see that's a lie? Every single um, thing that, everything that science thinks it knows is a model. They say, well, gravity, you know, gravity. No, that's a model. It's just a model. And, and I mean, I got multiple engineering degrees, and I thought I was going to go to engineering school and learn how it all worked. And I was sadly, you know, sitting in there my senior year wondering, when am I going to learn the truth of how it all works? And I was just given a handful of models. I said, look, you know, use these. This at least gets us, you know, to where we can build some things. It ain't exactly the truth, but it, it works sometimes. All right, but... When we bring forth from universal substance, well, we're bringing forth uh, from eternal life because remember, the sun has life. And uh, maybe, anyway, we're bringing forth from life. The bread that we bring forth from universal substance has life inherent in it. Uh, or we could continue to trade our hours for dollars and will we make up our plans and create a passive income scheme. Don't you see that by doing this kind of thing that all we're doing is eating each other up? It's it's like we're all in this gigantic cauldron and, and this witch's brew. And, and one guy says, well, i got nothing else to eat but you. <laughs> well, I want to eat you too. And and that's what that's what the profit you know, loss is all about. I said, you know, in order for me to profit, I've got to gain from somewhere. And and you seem to be the only one I can gain from, so I'm sorry, you know. That's <laughs> just how it goes. But that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be good, the good, the very good, and we bring forth into higher degrees of good, um, pulling, partaking from, part, and and partaking with the universal mind and the universal substance. So when he says in verse 32, for their vine is the vine of Sodom and the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is as the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. He's talking about, you know, living this reality under the five senses, under the five porches at the pool called Bethsaida, and there's no man. The guy says, look, I'd love to get into that pool, but I ain't got nobody to pick me up and put me in. I'm lame. I can't walk. I don't know the spiritual laws. I can't walk. I can't walk in the spirit. He says, get up, man. Take up your bed and go. And and see, if we live our lives through through the five sense carnal mind, uh, which will, I'll say the five sense limited carnal mind. Notice the scriptures tell us they're not that mind is not subject to the law of God, and it 
can't be subject to the law of God because it's not bringing forth. It's bringing forth under its own power, under its own strength, according to what its five senses can meet out from um, experiments and things of that nature. All right, so of course, their wine, it's not the... It's not the blood of the lamb, no. It's the it's the the wine of the poison of of um, snakes, cruel venom of asps. He says, "Is it not laid up in store in store with me and sealed up among my treasuries? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste." In other words, remember what he told the Adam, the Adam man. Think of the Adam man now no longer as a an individual. And by the way, when you begin to look at Adam as the body and Eve as the soul, then you you look at you, you go to uh, Genesis chapter five verse one. He said he called their name Adam. You realize that Adam, the Adam, is the is the first church state in God uh, that was, you know, elected for for purpose, all right? So when he told the Adam man, he said, look, in other words, the purpose is is, is the, the image, the model. Someone's got to be the model. In other words, the, the truth has got to be conveyed somehow through the through the generations. And, and he told him, he said, look, if you, it, you know, if you eat of this other tree, then it's going to lead to your death, all right? Because um, when they ate of sensation and left off from spirit, which was more real, which actually not more real, was it is the real, is what's real. And then they said, well, look, no, we're going to experience this uh, via the, the senses. This is how we're going to, to live from here on. Well, like that... Uh, like that that group fastball, he says, where were they going with no one to show them the way? And uh, uh, that's right. So it's a it's a perpetual falling into um, as the generations go and continue on. I mean, if you've been alive for more than fifty years, you've seen a couple of generations come and go, and it's obvious that uh, one generation can be completely different from the next if the children didn't did not respect their parents. The, the generation coming up can be a bunch of numbskulls, and uh, we see a constant slipping into into uh, degradation. Um, so that's where that's why you could say that to me belongs vengeance and recompense, and their foot shall slide in due time. It's just a matter of the law. It's like if you continue to borrow money from the banker, and you get up to the bitter edge of um, you know, money in, money out. You better be making that money every week, or else you're gonna lose everything. It's gonna be foreclosure in that. Uh, you can't make that uh, that payment, and that's just the law. It's how it works. And uh, and I think that's really beautiful because it sort of sums it all up uh, in verse 36. It says, "For Yahvehavhe shall judge his people, and repent himself of his servants." when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. So we look at that and say, look, if you're like the prodigal son, the whole Bible, by the way, the whole Bible can be summed up into, the whole scriptures can be summed up in one parable and it's the, it's the prodigal son. We're all the prodigal son. 
and we we went out and we decided that we we didn't lose our first estate. Don't get it wrong. We still have our first estate. But we said, look, I'm going to take a little spending money of the father and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out into a foreign country. And I was going to enjoy that for a little while. You know, I, I've just, you know, I need to get out and sow my roots a little bit. Sow my, as they say, sow my seed a little bit. And uh, and that's what we did. And that's what we're experiencing this uh, this um, five-sense reality world. But there comes a time when you have an awakening moment and you realize that this is a very limiting limiting world. And it's like the, the, the food here is like hog slop. It's uh, always somebody is 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 a taskmaster always you know someone's trying to control me you know and um and say look just repent which just means nothing more but turn 180 degrees and head back the way you came and uh turn your face towards the lord yadhe vavhe and um and honor thy father and thy mother and thou shalt live long in the land <laughs> it's beautiful you see it at that level. It's just absolutely beautiful. But then I'm going to go a couple more verses in Deuteronomy 32 because I, I like what he says here. He, now let's go to verse uh, 37. And he shall say, this is Yahweh speaking. He says, where are the gods of their rock in, in whom they trusted, which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink, um, let them rise up and help you and be your pr- protection. In other words, when the day of testing comes, um, you know, you've been, you know, someone who has been um, walking in a very carnal way, you know, um, trusting in money, trusting in substance, as in, you know, I got a big house, I got multiple cars, I got, I got a, um, you know, a spouse that's this, that, or the other. That's all external. That's that's all, you know, there's nothing lasting about that. And he says, look, you know, when it comes and the day comes of, the, of that testing along the path, we're gonna find out. In other words in other words, don't don't think of it as an adversarial thing. It's just a, a thing of you're on your path and in, in order to ascend to the next level you know, you got to get to a point where you you realize in consciousness that the divine mother and the divine father is where it's at, and universal mind and universal substance, uh, energy, ether, spirit, that's where it's at. And uh, and we we went over a couple of times now, a couple of different calls, um, well, three three or four calls. You know how to how to pray. And how to um, to um, honor thy father and thy mother. Notice that in in Yad Hey Vav Hey, in the Yad and the Vav, we're honoring our father and our mother, aren't we? Yes, sir. Because we're 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 getting out of the way, so to speak. We're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, hold on a minute. That which is birth of God cannot sin. So uh, we got we got to get out of the way. And uh, remember, the son, uh, as in Jesus, as in the, the 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 pattern man, says, "In and of myself, I can do nothing." He did everything uh, through the Spirit, through that universal ether, that universal substance. He brought forth healing. He brought forth substance. He brought forth all sorts of miracles through the universal Spirit, because. 
and that was kind of also what Buddha did also that he was he was projecting that forward too also this what you were saying there showing forth that divine spirit if we if we follow that divine creator essence the divine mind within us and adhere to it trust in and rely on it we will overcome this earthly man and turn it and how can i say it uh get it uh into subjection to that divine mind within us to where we can transfigure or transform into that perfect man you know when he tells the stands be ye perfect for i am perfect that's what he's saying if we we have to become as god is or we'll never make it that's basically what he's saying we have to adhere to trust in and rely on him and on that divine eternal spirit mind because the laws were already set forth from the beginning yes we're just playing out the scenario of what already is in this three-dimensional paradigm and when if we how can i put it if we go against it therefore we get the bad bad and very bad if we adhere to it we get the good good and very good and he set forth for us what we are to do and not do he says we have to go within which is into that divine mind and adhere to trust and rely on it because as within so without and he said we'll be known we'll be known by our fruits and how do we know how a person is or what he is it's by what he says because out of the heart the mouth will speak that that's going to tell a person real quick if they're a good person or a bad person or whatever the case may be and uh, we just need to adhere to and become that perfect man because the scripture says he put us in this garden so to speak the earth and i know that in scriptures it talks about the you know the garden of eden east and all this and that but if you look at the word east it means within east also means within he put us within this fleshly garden this body not made with hands and i mean there's so many different things there that uh i mean like you were saying earlier michael it it goes deep and there's so many different things there that goes with it but the bottom line is us being in perfect stature and perfect uh unison with that divine eternal creator mind because that's all there is and he also talks in the scripture about the mirror you know everything's reflection back to us i mean if we look in that mirror we see what man or man we are we see that we're a god man but yet we're caught up in this here worldly system and doing this and doing that thinking we're hiding it from somebody 
first of all, we can't hide it from ourselves that we sure ain't hiding it from the Creator. <laughs> That's right. And, but it, it, it's a reflection back. Everything that the scriptures are talking about is us in this three-dimensional body. That Because the scripture says all that is, everything that is, is God. There's nothing else but God. But we're looking at ourselves as this and that. But even the scriptures tell us that I said that you are gods, but you will die like men for the lack of understanding or the lack of knowledge. And he said, by chance, through his knowledge, we will overcome and, you know, basically become just as he is. I think we have to. I think it's beautiful what you said. I mean, that's that's the that's the path. That's what's that stands. The door stands wide open for us to walk through, but we have to choose to 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 you know t- take off the what do they say? Un- unladen our camels back. Unladen <laughs> our camels back and bow a knee to get through the needle gate. You know, because it's interesting about the needle gate um, at night. You know. A time of ignorance. The only way into the city of Jerusalem is to you got to you got to take your camel and and take everything off his back, and the camel's got to get down on his knees yeah. and crawl through the needle gate. And it you know it's just a really good analogy of pride and humi- and humility there, um, and just realizing that the things that we think we know. You know, we we ride high up on our science, you know, and say, oh, we got that figured out. Well, let me tell you, we ain't got shit figured out. I mean, pardon my French, but we just don't. And, you know, I just, the more that I study, the more I I look at, like, um, the other day I got in a conversation with a lady who, she was going on and on about how the King James was the Word of God. And, um, And I said, is it the living word of God or is it or is it the letter of the law? And she said, Well, I don't know what you mean and I just said, Well, think on that think on that and you know, I won't push you any further than that. But what I, I would like to say to you is those words on that paper, they only just testify. They're a witness. That it's not the living word. No. That they just testify to the living word. Amen. Yes. And, and he said, "Be ye perfect, as my Father is perfect." We uh, must come to understand, and and furthermore, to know and to do, um, and say to become the living Word of God, uh, where we, as a knower, know that the chatter, even in our, um, even if it doesn't leave our tongue, even in our, um, you know, that little small voice in the back of our head, that daily chatter, it matters. It creates our world around us, and we have to. That's where he says, "Take every thought captive." You know, bring it into sub- subjugation into the into the good, and the very good, and uh, and that's the whole thing where he says that when when you enter into that uh, into that kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God, he says, "I will give my angels charge over you." And it's another way of saying that um, that your thoughts are going to be for the good and the very good uh, when you enter into the understanding now that I no longer have to eat off of my um, 
off of my brother in order to survive. Not at all. We can, I can go into my prayer room and, and, and pray for a state and being to come forth. Uh, that's the same thing as uh, Peter dro- dropping the fish into the sea and pulling the gold out of the fish's mouth. It's the same, saying exactly the same thing. We go in there and pray for the state to come forth, which is mutually beneficial for all parties. Oh, yes, Notice sir. that uh, Peter made a contract. He said, "Do you and your masters, uh, do you and your master pay tax?" Peter said, "Yes, that's a contract." So he now obligated, you know, he and his master to um, to pay the tax, and and so he said, "Okay, look, let me show you how to handle your business." So he showed him, you know, it's it's a parable. He he took his fisher's hook. Peter is the faith principle. He's the fisherman. He dips into the to the holy sea, the the sea of all potentiality, and he pulls out the first fish, the the first state. Which, by the way, you know, remember Jesus, Jesus Christ in the ancient world was shown as the sign of the fish, because that's the Son of God. That's the perfect idea, the perfect state of man in God. It's <laughs> just really beautiful when you see it. But uh, but look, you know, I'm not denying any... I, I like how um, Bill Donahue, I, you know, I really appreciate his uh, charismatic uh, way that he taught. Um, you look up Bill Donahue, the listener, if you're not familiar on YouTube, very charismatic. Um, for me, he was instrumental in, in just how charismatic he was uh, into breaking breaking me away from orthodox thought and tradition, you know, custom. Because I, I began to see just how ridiculous, just how hijacked uh, my mind had been, you know. Um, because don't get it wrong, you know, people think, for instance, MK Ultra is a new thing. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's, that's new. The CIA did that, MK Ultra. Well, you don't think that the church hasn't been engaged in trauma-based mind control for the last 6,000 years? I mean, come on. You know, Jesus loves you, and if you don't love Jesus, you're going to burn and go to hell? I mean, come on. How are you going to tell a child at four or five years old, Jesus loves you, and then, you know, Tommy reaches 10, tell him if you don't love Jesus, you're going to go to hell. He's going to burn forever. Jesus is going to send you to hell. I mean, that's trauma-based mind control. Yeah, You can't they, square it. Yeah, and they also tell the the parents of the children, give me your children for the first six years of their life, and they'll be a Catholic forever. Right, right. Well, anyway, the the you know, I count our blessings that we've been able to rise above that. Um, I think, you know, speaking to a woman this past week, you know, it's true that when I made a commitment to make time for for God, I actually just prayed in my in my center, you know, I'm going to study your word. I'm going to make time for this word. I, I want to know the truth that the more time I made for God, then believe it or not, the more time God made for me. Um, my world got a lot easier is what I'm trying to say. Um, I had a lot more time to go pursue the things that I needed to pursue in order to obtain into the spiritual path. But the more time that I sought for myself, the less time I had for God. It's really strange. If I sought my, uh, you know, I wanted to make more money or I wanted to um, enjoy more 
you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, you know, maybe a new car, a bigger house, whatever. Um, well, the last time, you know, it it was all about intent. But if I, I'm telling you, on the other hand, on the right hand, when I made time, when I studied the scriptures, when I pursued the depths of the spiritual path, and was sought it with everything, just seeking to want to know it and to do it, uh, um, not as you know, look at me, but as hey, I'm. I'm walking as a living example that everyone can do this. I mean, look look at how crazy my life's been, and you too can do this, you know. That as a result of that, all of a sudden I had all sorts of time. That the projects that I was getting, you know, put so much increase there that I had time, you know, to do what I wanted to do. And then I had a real choice. I no longer had to work like crazy to put food in my belly. Once I began to seek the uh, the spiritual food, the physical food took care of itself. And I think that's part of the path is that if that happens, and you're able, you know, to to then uh, focus your efforts on on meditation, getting into getting into the prayer, uh, staying on the mountain in in uh, declaration. Of uh, of trust for it. what I mean by that is when you go into the um, to your to your meditations and you're you're thinking about let's say for instance your lungs you know you see how your lungs bring in the air and they purify the blood through the air that you're bringing into your lungs well okay what if for instance something went wrong in your body and your lungs aren't able to to work at uh, the efficiency that they used to once work at. They say, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go start taking some drug that some, you know, scientist figured out how they extracted from a plant and patented it so they could make, make merchandise out of me? Well, I could do that. But see, that's carnal mind. That's enmity against law. It's not subject to the law of God. It can't be subject to the law of God. It's not even thinking about God. All right, but or I could go into meditation, into a meditative state, and and go to my center, and into that place of peace where I, there's just total unity, and and I could begin to meditate on my lungs and declare over them that they are spiritual, and that they are beautiful, and that they are doing the work that they are intending to do, and do I need a doctor? I am the doctor. <laughs> In other words, I'm doing it through the Holy Spirit. The Holy, in other words, in and of myself, the persona of Michael Joseph, I can do nothing. Okay, but when I go to high up on that mountain and I and I become one, then I can put it in the prayer as I meditate on my lungs and declare that they are spiritual. And see, in when doing that, I'm redeeming them from the physical into the spiritual. And we can that's beginning to eat from what they call the tree of life. All right. It's always been there. The two trees are right there every step of the way. And uh but I will say that society, the priesthood, the statecraft, um, everything about us in society in general has turned our eyes towards the ground. Uh earthbound into a physical um reality uh, and and of course who can deny a constant uh dogmatic uh approach to science 
science appears to be the new religion. And, uh, well, I got news for you, folks. Science is subject to your senses. And um, the senses are liars. Uh, the best you ever will get with science is a model. And that's that's it. I mean, the most brilliant minds that ever lived on the planet could only come up with a model. Uh, it's not the absolute truth. The spirit is the absolute truth. And in, in there is life. And uh, so that's why I said, man, I go back to, I just sort of come off my stump here. <laughs> this verse, wrap up. <laughs> he says, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, you seek me not because you, you saw signs, but because ye ate of the loaves and were filled. So he fed him. He just fed him the five loaves and two fishes. And he's like, look, I put food in your belly, and that's what you want me for. You want me to continually. Now think about this now. This is the spiritual center in you talking to the carnal aspect in you saying, look, I know the only reason you want me is so that I can satisfy every carnal desire you've got. You want to win the lottery. You want this, that, and one that. I know that's why you want me. That's what he's saying here. <laughs> he, but then he says to the, to, the, to the carnal, he says, work not for food which perisheth, but for food which abideth unto eternal life. Amen. So when the objective mind decides it's all in, you know, the, the Isaac, okay, let's look at Isaac and his 12 sons, all right, so one of them's down there in Egypt ruling, and um, uh, he, uh, here comes Judah, and say, look, look, uh, I'm sorry, Dad, but uh, not only does he, um, he wants us to come back, but uh, he wants us to bring the other boy to the ben- Benjamin, <laughs> and Isaac's like, I'd have lost one, now you want me to give up another? You know, Benjamin's the true you. Ben Yah Men, the son of my right arm, the son of my strength. That's who. You, that's the true you. He says, "All right." And so he finally, and then uh, Judah, who is praise. Judah is praise. He has the scepter. He says, "Look, I'll stand surety for um, Benjamin. Don't worry, Dad. I'll stand surety." So, so Isaac, who's who's you? Isaac is you. Isaac says, "All right, we're all in. Let's go." And, see, the objective mind has got to be convinced that um, that seeking things other than food for the stomach, uh, a house, a car, uh, a beautiful woman, whatever, um, that that's not where it's at. Those things perish. I mean, look, you, 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 if you're a man... You you find yourself an absolute gorgeous woman. I'm telling you, by the time she's sixty, she ain't gonna be gorgeous no more. You better have something more than than, than looks, or else you're not gonna get along together. All right, I'm gonna tell you right now. Right. <laughs> there better be something more, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all these things they wax and wane. Uh, that's why, you know, they say, look. Um, I heard my dad say this to a woman one time. Um, he said to her that uh, she needed to be true to to the God within that that he could not make her happy. He would, he could try to make her happy, but ultimately happiness is dealing with the relationship that you've got a personal relationship with uh, 
with the God within. And uh, if you ain't got that, then you're not going to find true, lasting, universal happiness. It's all going to be fleeting. You know, oh, you got me a brand new car. That's great. You'd be happy for about a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm coming off my stump, Jim. What do you think, man? Brother, you know, everything that you brought forward tonight, I mean, it's right down the line. It's on time every time, and I believe all the time. I mean, I mean it just one right upon another. I mean, it all jointly fits together, brother. And I know that, that you know, that this, what you brought forward tonight, it was blessed by the ever-living, I mean, uh, because it needed to be said. I mean, it's it's all there. And, it, you know, like he well, says, ignorance he once winked at, but now he commands all to repent, which means to stop what we're doing, go 180 degrees in the other direction, and regroup and think about what was done, what was said, and, you know, get that right, and then turn around and proceed forward. That's what he's telling us to do. Don't just blindly keep on going, because the blind lead the blind. We both fall in the ditch. That's right. That's right. I mean, here we are. We're coming up on Pentecost coming up, right? And people are still waiting for um, some kind of... Uh, Something to happen to where, you know, we're all going to be redeemed in some kind of big rapture, something or other. I don't know what they're waiting for. But, you know, come on, man. You know, the kingdom of God is within you. And, and you know, we, we learned about Passover at every choice. And, uh, you know, that Pentecost, the ascension, and we learned about that actually through prayer and how the fire comes and lights down on top of your head of the Holy Spirit when you when your prayer is confirmed in peace and uh, but the world right now is you know going through their their uh, some school teachings of um, Pentecost and uh, and they've they've not quite learned the lesson yet but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you understand it, be salty where you can. You know, if somebody opens their mouth and asks a, and asks a question, then then I found if you, if you answer them bluntly, then what you're doing is you're staking a claim. Instead, ask them a question in return. And what it does is it's kind of like taking the uh, the old stick when you're stirring up um, some paint in a bucket. You're getting in to put that gray action into action there, that gray matter into action. And um, you see, because the true leader uh, gets people to come to the truth, not by uh, his or her own words, but but by them thinking in and of themselves that hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so they they walk away thinking, yeah, look, I, I figured this out. They never they never even realized that they were they were assisted into into figuring it out. That doesn't dawn on them. It's just that they figured it out, and that's better. That's the humble servant approach, and uh, you know, uh, ultimately, we've got to go through uh, Passover. We go through Pentecost, and. We have to come to Feast of Tabernacles where we enter into um, at one atonement, and then we um, 
eventually the trumpet blows and uh, we enter into our uh, our cocoon, our sukkah, our booth, and uh, it's just one on one with the great one, as they say. And uh, you spend some time there. How many days? Uh, seven days you spend one on one with the great one, and you 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 come outside of that sukkah on the on the eighth day. And you have new beginnings. Infinite. Uh, a God, a God man, infinite unity in, in, uh, they say, well, there's only been one God man wrong. He said he was first of the first fruits. He said he was of the order of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek does not contemplate a kingship of Melchizedek. It, it is a order. It is more than one. And, Ultimately, it's going to be all of us. Yeah, and if you look at it, it means a wilder of power. I mean, Melchizedek. Uh, you're wielding okay. the power of the divine creator, which we truly are. But we have the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to go with it. And, uh, it, and it tells us we're kings and priests in the house of God, which house we are. But if most people don't know they are, who they are, or what they are, and that that, that power is infinite, it's, it's there. And it changes not. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like I hear people all the time saying, well, they said that back then, but it don't mean that now. The, the scripture says his words forever settled, which means he ain't changing it. And he said he's the same yesterday and today and off in the future forever. So uh, I, I'm going to stick with what the creator had put forth from the beginning. And if they say he changed it, I'm not going to change it because he said he that taketh away or addeth too. I don't want to take away and I don't want to add to it either. I mean, I got to know that I know that I know what I'm telling people. And... I know sometimes it seems like I'm rattling off at the gums, but, you know, I mean, I can I can prove everything I'm saying according to the Bible says a three-fold cord is not easily broken. First of all, I can prove it by history, the Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and also even in the Word. You know, it's there and and many other places also. And, uh, you know, people say, well, that I'm saying my way is the only way. I'm not saying that. This is, I'm coming from the place of what I've studied to come to know and that I can prove what I've studied. Not that it's the absolute truth. I'm not going to judge it either way. But it seems more sound than a lot of the other stuff that I was taught. And it's never failed me yet. I mean, I look back when I pray for something, Yava manifested. There was one time I think I was maybe 10 or 12, and I was with my family in the car. And at the time, I had eight brothers and sisters, so finances were really tight. And I prayed. I said, you know, Yava, you need to make a way uh, to where finances will manifest quickly here and now. And lo and behold, we were fixing to leave 
the parking lot from the store. And all of a sudden, I looked out the window, and there was money blowing in the wind rolling across the parking lot. I jumped out. My dad said, where are you going? What are you doing? I said, don't worry about it. I ran and grabbed the money, picked it up. I said, here's the money that, you know. He said, where'd you get that from? I said, God gave it to us. I mean, it was blowing across the park a lot. And it was meant for us. So here you go. I gave it to my dad and mom. And everything worked out fine. And no one... You know, I looked around to see if anybody had lost it, and that you know, because I'd give it back, of course, but no one did. And I, I know that God answers prayer absolutely every time, on time, all the time. <clears throat> the thing is, most people are not looking for it, even though they say it. They either don't truly believe it, or they're not looking. For it to manifest. We have to come from the place within our heart or our, how can I put our thought and feeling as one. And in the place of it already being done. He said, while you're yet asking, the answer is already on the way. When you ask the creator for something, you have to see it as it was already done before you even ask him. And then, you know, and by asking, I don't mean say, oh, please, God, please, please, please. No. When we we see it within ourselves, in thought and in feeling, feel the emotion of it, that we already have it, and then give thanks. Thanksgiving and praise. It's just like if somebody walks up and hands you a $100 bill in your hand, what does most people normally say? Thank you. That's what we need to do. Come to the creator within us as already having it and just give them thanks for it. I'm not going to get it. Going to means I'm never going to get it. Because that could be one day. It could be 10 years from now. I need it now. Now, today is the day and now is the accepted time. And he says most people, when they pray, they pray amiss. They're missing the mark. They're missing the mark of perfection and how the Creator told us to ask. He said when you, when you marry the two, thought and feeling, and they become one, in this house, the house is us, the temple not made with hands. He says... Then you can say to the mountain, it could be a mountain of finances, it could be a literal mountain, it could be cancer, it could be anything. And then you just, he said, you could say to the mountain, move away, and it literally has to obey you. But most people yeah. take it if they're reading a book or if they're reading a story, they don't take it to heart. That those words are spirit, they're mental, and they're life. The truth, the true life of who we are and what we are. He said he would give us heavenly days here on earth. But we have to do it the way he said. 
And I know you know in the scriptures where it says, knock on the door open, seeking you will find, asking you'll be given. They took the two, uh, uh, how can I put it, paragraphs out of there, or the, the two uh, sayings out of there that told us how to ask. All they do, they changed it a little bit, but they left out the two that would tell us how we can ask and receive. And the thing says we have to be totally uh, surrounded by our desire and what we're asking for. And to do it without judgment. Don't judge it as right or wrong or good or bad. Just speak it forth and put the emotion with it with your thought and and give thanksgiving and praise. I thank you for the things that thou hast done. And each and every day and each and every way I receive, receive and receive the good, good and very good. And those things that come out of my mouth, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, or Yahweh. And it, I mean, God's on time every time and all the time. There ain't a time he ain't never been there. And if you think he hasn't been there, it's because you were looking somewhere else you weren't really expecting, even though it came out of your mouth, or you didn't really believe it was going to manifest. Because, I mean, it happens almost every day in my life even me waking up every morning i know that's a blessing and a miracle i see it in my grandchildren my children my wife and other people like a lot of my friends say brother how, you know uh you know when they ask me to pray for them and i mentioned that before and i do pray for them i pray for a lot of people i pray for the whole world that Yahweh bless and, you know, manifest things that are good, good, and very good instead of what's been going on in the past. And they come to me, but yet amongst themselves, they're saying I'm crazy and insane and all these things. And um, But it got back to me through some of my friends. that, uh, And then they come up and say, hey, brother, uh, can you pray for me? I said, of course, you know, I'll pray for you. But I got to ask you one question. Why do you want a crazy and insane person pray for you? <laughs> of course, their eyes get big and all been out of shape. That lets them know that I know that it came back to me. I wasn't judging them, but I was hoping that they would watch their speech because it will, will come back on them. And uh, I mean... Yes, that's that's the, the Greg Braden has the video out. Yes, sir. That is a good video and it does explain what I just said. And but it it is truth. It really does work. I mean, it's not just speaking words into the wind or sitting there just thinking thoughts in your mind. He tells us, prove me herewith, saith Yahweh, and see if I won't pour you out a blessing where there's hardly any room 
enough, hardly enough room to receive it. I'm going to give you so much. I mean, it really, truly is. And thank you, Guest Six, for putting that out there. And if you get a chance, it's on the chat. If you can look at that video there, that, uh, I believe that might be either uh, Pacholi or um, Donna. Uh, I mean, it, re it really does. He tells us to, to prove him, test him, try him. That's the only way we're going to know if the creator is true or not is by testing it and trying it and doing it. There's no other way you can find out. We can sit there and say, I believe, but it also says in the scripture that the devils also believe and they tremble. I don't mean of some spiritual devil. I'm talking about the unregenerated mind of an unbeliever. Uh, you know, you know, they, they say they believe, but the, they tremble because they don't have no knowledge and understanding, and it makes them afraid. You know, it's uh, Michael, what you brought forth tonight, man, God bless you a hundred times over, brother. I mean, that that was, I got, I get blessed all the time, but I mean, what you brought forth, it's meant for the, the people that are listening and the ones that will listen. I mean, because it's, brother, bless you for that. Thank you for that. Bless you, brother, for that. I mean, what you were saying. I mean, it's it's like we overcome by our testimonies, you know, by our experiences. We come together, we share it, and we that gives us hope that, um, hey, this is working. This, you know, this is true. The true religion we can test, and you know the scriptures even tell us, "Look, prove me, test me," you know, and uh, get to work. You know, the only way you can prove somebody is to actually put it in action. You know, and uh, try it out. Don't despise the day of little things. We're told, yes. and um, and what does it say in another place in the book of Joel? Uh, Let the weak say, "I am strong." You know, Ooh, and. Uh, yeah, so don't look at look on to your five senses. Let the weak, you know, say I am strong and we we don't lean unto our own understandings through our five sense limited mind. We lean upon uh the divine mind and we rely upon the divine woman, uh womb man, the, the woman. Um and uh we understand that if we honor our father and our mother, spiritually speaking, there's nothing that's not good that will be withheld with us from us, you know. And we now understand the book of James when it says, you, you have not because you ask upon your lust. And, you know, lust goes to the carnal mind. Um, in other words, you know, when, he's, when he, just right after he did the, um, the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes, you know, the multitude gathered around him and it was like, um, you know, come on, where'd he go? Let's go get him. And you can see that because the carnal mind is always looking to um, to get a hold of spiritual, um, and so that all the carnal um, desires and lusts can be satiated by an unlimited uh, flow of um, from the spirit. And uh, what uh, Romans eight tells us: the carnal mind is hatred against the God. It's not subject to the laws of God. It can't be subject to the laws of God because it just wants what he wants, and yeah. uh, it, 
um, you know, so it's not that we can't have these things and that riches are bad. If you look at the the uh, the the patriarchs, um, they were all wealthy beyond belief. I mean, look at the wealth that Abraham and Job possessed, just unbelievably wealthy. And don't get it wrong, if you think Jesus wasn't wealthy, you better think again, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, they brought him gold, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I don't find, I can't find anywhere where he had to take a part-time job, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I'm jesting now, right? <laughs> but, well, well, uh, you know, he was a wealthy man. He was a king. I mean, the one that they're calling yeah. Jesus. I mean, if you go back in history, he was a Persian. How can I put it? Egyptian, Persian. He was he was a, a king from um, um, around Parthia, from Iran, really, in that area, up by Aleppo area, around that area. If you go back in ancient mm-hmm. times, he was known as Isa, Isa Manu, which means Emmanuel. And, and he was a literal king. His father was a king, the, the, the man, and the mother was a queen. She was an Egyptian queen that the Iranian married, and they had Isa Manu. And up in that area in ancient times, if you look, you'll find out that the kingdom that they ran, it was literally called the kingdom of heaven. And he wore a a crown of thorns, not like they show on TV. It was like a helmet with spikes sticking up all over it. It looked like sunbeams coming out of his head. I mean, this is actual history. I mean, it, there's a lot there that the story of they're saying about, uh, you know, uh, Joseph and Mary and them there. I have some, what do you call it, that don't quite fit with that. Yeah. I mean, from, from what yeah. I said. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it's there. Yeah, no, it's, if you look, uh, one more other thing I just want to say. If oh, you go look, ahead, go ahead, yes, sir. If you look up Ralph Ellis, I mean, uh, he has books out on that also, too. Because uh, he obviously went and did a lot of digging up and studying. He said he almost didn't find it. it there, he got off into something else, but that was parts of that was there that caused him to go to the other places. And then he kind of put it all together and he talks about uh, Josephus and how he twisted things because of the Flavians and things like that to hide all that. But if you get a chance, the author is Ralph Ellis and uh, he even got some videos out on YouTube if you type it in. Thank you for that. Ralph Ellis. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm not the only one that's seen this, but this guy, I think he said he's been studying that for, you know, a good 20, 30 years. So I'm sure he's got a whole lot more information than what I've told you there. 
That's, that's right. I mean, the guy's made a career in studying it. But hey, man, we got we got some folks that have called in. Um, Jim, you want to maybe give them a chance to share if they want to, or what do you think? Yes, sir. I was going to say that. Uh, thank God you did. Uh, I see Pacholi's <laughs> in there too. Uh, here, let me. Uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to the ones that are on the phone. I'm going to unmute them all, but each one of y'all will uh, come at go ahead and ask him uh, Michael if you want sure sure I just wanted to just let you know that uh, Pachola just put in a uh, a link in the uh, chat line to something called H ancient origins uh, it's um, um, Ralph Ellis's uh, it's, uh, I don't know if it's his web page or but it, uh, if you want to follow that link, uh, there's a place you can go and look up some stuff from uh, from Ralph Ellis. So uh, for what that's worth, um, hey, uh, uh, let's see. Let me just get back to my desktop here, Jim. Yeah. So is there anyone here that uh, wants to come forth? I see Gary's on the call. Donna's here. Uh, Let's see. Looks like Gil's on the call as well. So if you guys want to come forth and uh, share anything, uh, you know, you're welcome to. Yep. Hey, Brother Gil, I missed you for a while. I was used to seeing you in there, and you didn't show up there. I asked Mike about you. I'm glad to see you back in there, brother. And you too, uh, Gary, and, of course, Donna and Pacholi and the rest. I'm sure y'all all have somewhere down deep inside you. You have to be excited about that divine creator that he's given you something good to shout about. Hey, so, Jim. Hey, Michael Joseph. It's Gary. Hey, Gary. Uh, hey, brother. Bless I just, uh, you. I've uh, enjoyed enjoyed the uh, program tonight. Uh, I'm not going to call it a program. Uh, it's uh, come together, and it's it's very enjoyable. And you know, I I picked up bits and pieces that just kind of hit me. Just talking about how man created the days of the week, and MJ, you talked about you know God didn't create Tuesdays and Thursdays and <laughs> and whatnot. It just made me think about the Sabbath, and as I continue to learn, you know, the Sabbath has always been taught on the on the Sundays. You know, it's Sunday is Sabbath day, and then. And then I started getting intrigued about the Seventh Day Adventists that that recognize Saturday as the Sabbath, and and truly, Sabbath is within us, how we communicate with our Heavenly Father, and and uh, you know I continue to tell my kids to this day the kingdom of God is within you, and it just made me reflect, and I, I mean no disrespect to any certain religion, but I was I was raised Catholic, and I was I was taught that you know to relieve yourself of the, the sins of the carnal world and, and their terms was to go to confession. And over time, I just, I began to wonder why should I have to go to a man and interpret my feelings toward the God that's within me. And over time, it's just continued to get me. And I just, I thought about one thing. And when I was 17 or 18 years old, my mother and father divorced and, uh, my mother was a very strong Catholic, and she she really wanted to be, in her mind, pure. So she wanted an annulment. And later she told me in life that she had to write a, 
uh, $1,500 check to the Vatican in order for her mind to be clear. And I just, I reflect back. And again, I mean, I mean no disrespect to any particular religion, um, but it, it, it's come to fruition that to me and my knowledge as I continue to go forward is it's all within us. It's, it's yes. not within any other man to trust any other man when it comes to our communicating with our Heavenly Father. And that, that's, those are things that just kind of stood out to me. And, and again, I tell my kids, the kingdom of God is within you. I, I try not to overwhelm them at their young ages, but I, I, I'm hoping and I truly believe that I'm planting a seed that down the road they'll begin to develop that confidence that they can do it all on their own if they choose. They, have to, they don't have to depend on anyone else other than their consciousness, their communication, their meditation, their prayers their, to their Heavenly Father, Yahweh. And those are my thoughts. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, another great, another great uh, discussion tonight. Thank you. Brother, thank, thank you. you You've blessed us. Thank you so much. That helps us. Hmm. Gil or yeah, it uh, does. Go ahead, brothers. I mean, I'm 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 just glad to hear that um, you know that um, men are, um, and that's not not a statement against women. I'm just saying that you know you can raise a child in a in a one you know women can raise a child by themselves today. But all I'm saying is is um, I know it's probably not politically correct, but I'm just going to call it like it is. It's not the best solution, you know, having having mom and dad there in the house and a dad that uh, that leads the family um, um, the best he can under under the counsel that he receives from uh, from the God within him. Uh, that's the way to go. And uh, to see men stand up and say that I'm going to lead my family and, sh and show them the truth is what we need um, in the world, not in this country, but in the world period. Yes. And uh, it's not a very um, uh, received, well-received message today. Uh, as the pendulum has swung now, um, you know, it swung all the way to the left into patriarchy and stayed there for thousands. And it seems to me that, it's swinging to the right now into made into um, sort of um, not an, an equal deal, but more of a, uh, a female-led type of society. Um, and both are wrong. Um, we have to find balance, and each one of us, whether be, we be male or female, have roles to play as a function of um, of who we are. And uh, I'm glad to I'm glad to see that um, dads. Uh, Gary's not the only one. This past week, I got a call from a guy in Texas who was uh, telling me that um, he he realized that it was on his shoulders to to lead his family uh, the best way that that uh, he was led to do, and uh, he he had no business going and asking anybody outside of the God within him how he should lead his family and that's exactly right you know it's it just uh in if you want to think about what the scriptures really mean when it says you know about homosexuality that's when two leaders come together and they ask each other hey what do you think we should do what do you think 
instead of going directly to the Holy Spirit or to divine mind rather to divine mind and say uh, you know I'm going to follow wherever you go you lead and uh, and that's the difference between what I will call Antichrist which is by the way not against Christ it's instead of Christ and in the true Christ when someone is following the true Christ, he will go wherever the true Christ leads. And, you know, if you're told that you need to go down there to the Hooters to eat hot wings, then that's where you're going. And you might just meet somebody there that needs your word. Uh, you're going to go wherever the Christ leads. Right. And you can eat. What did, what did St. Paul say? He said, uh, in, well, not say St. Paul, the writer that they attribute it to is Paul, but in the scriptures it says, all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. And in another place it says, if you're in a faraway country and they put ought or anything in front of you to eat, eat and eat liberally. So somebody invites you in the house and they put they pull out the Quran and they want to discuss that with you, well, eat. Don't don't put them down. Don't, you know, get on a high horse or whatever. Eat and eat liberally and make the peace. And uh, that's the real beauty is that when you begin to see on these kinds of levels, uh, you can make peace between the Antichrist system and, and the true Christ. Uh, what I mean by that is um, you can release people from the Antichrist control system. Uh, which, by the way, uh, I don't know how to say it any better than that, so I'm going to be quiet. Is that you, Donna? <laughs> Hello? Uh, does anybody else have anything to share? Donna or uh, um, Gil, have you guys got anything to uh, patchouli? If you guys want to come on and share something, you definitely, we certainly would love it if you would. Amen. Hey, it's Donna. I was just waiting, hoping someone else might get out there first. I got a problem. My battery's going dead, and I didn't think it would do that. I went to work today, this afternoon, and I don't normally do that, but it's nice to go up there when nobody's around and get stuff done. And So I drove home, and I thought I had charged it on the way home. Evidently not so much, so it's about to go out on me, but I'm charging right now, so... um. I was hoping someone, I thought, well, maybe somebody else will say something, and I can get in on the tail end of it. But anyway, just I'm sitting there plugging it in. If I go out, I didn't hang up on y'all. All All right. Well, it was awesome, as usual. It was really good. A couple of times I had dead spots coming home, which is aggravating, and I would go out and dial again or pull over and dial again. So I missed a little bit. And the last few minutes I was bringing stuff in that I stopped at the store to get, so I missed a little bit. I just keep thinking about, some of the best, I know all of it was good, but sometimes certain things resonate with you in your life. And so I just, I guess I did like I'm, I guess I'm doing like I did last week. Just certain things keep replaying in my head that both you and Jim said. And I thought the dialogue was so good between you two. That's what's amazing. It's like y'all don't even probably know what you're going to say. And it's like just the way it comes out and then the way Jim adds to it. And Jim, I love the story about the money. Now that I got to hear. That was so precious. I can see that because children have such faith. I can honestly see that happening with that you jumping out. I know you felt good to help your family. Thank you for sharing that. We have to remind ourselves of these things. 
that we've all experienced that we're quickly to forget. So you did a great job on that. Thank but, you. I mean, I'll back out. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna back out for a minute. Let's just charge up and just see if the chili or somebody might wanna. It is nice to have Gary and Gil and everybody. And boy, Thank didn't the last one, the last one that was sharing did a great job. I totally appreciate what he said. That was so good. Man, he was smart. God led him. Well, see, all of us have been through different religions and different paths to get where we're at. And there's reasons we were in that, but it doesn't mean we have to stay there. You know what I mean? Yes, and I ma'am. loved what he said. Love what he said. But anyway, I'm going to back out and charge up. But I'm listening. i got my ears on. <laughs> Would Gil or Pacholi or y'all in there, would y'all love to say something tonight? I mean, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, it looks like we got we got somebody here on a nine four nine. Go ahead, caller. That's Patchouli, I believe. On? Oh, that's Patchouli. Okay. Is it, is it on? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I thought I could um, use a headset on this. I guess you can't. Anyway, so I had to reboot and do a bunch of stuff. How are you? We're doing fine. Top of the world. You sound like you're doing good. We're glad you're back in here. We we missed you. Thank you. I missed you guys too. Just um, it's it's funny how things always line up, right? (laughs) Today it was just hovering in my mind out of nowhere, seemingly about the lamp and the lamp oil. And so I started thinking, okay, that came up, all right. And I started thinking about, oh, this has been a week or two or three, three weeks at least, of some pretty intense stuff that I'm working on. And, you know, it has a goal to it and everything. So it, it's the first time in a really long time that there's been uh, deadlines and, you know, dates and I've had to keep a calendar, and so I've been really embroiled in this, and, you know, so many times during this period, I get this bodily feeling of just tightness, and, you know, I wasn't in the flow. I wasn't in flow, and, and I keep getting this reminder, of, like, take the time. So when Michael Joseph's talking about making the time, you know, that really spoke to me. And I think that's why the oil part came up because, you know, there's so many things right now that are um, pulling for your attention with all sorts of emotion tied into it. And it's really difficult to stay disengaged or to try to stay disengaged because you think, well, I have to keep up with what's going on so I know, you know, what to do or how it's going to affect me. And But every time you, no matter which... No matter which way you look at it from, you know, the mainstream media or a back, back-end media or alternative, there's always some kind of an impulse of emotion that's tied in with a message. And, and so you have to really work, or I do, have to really, like, recognize that and, and identify it to nullify it. And, and it's just, you know, when... Whenever I stop and take the time 
to disconnect from it all and refill my lamp. That it, it makes things just so much better. The flow happens, and the, the all that external uh, muck of emotion that's not really mine, I can shake it off. And so that to me, it's like if if you're wanting to be on task or in alignment with divine mind, I mean, you have to, you just, you really have to be mindful to be consistent in refilling the the lamp and the, the oil that's burning. You know, oil is joy. It's Christ. So you have to make the effort. And, yeah. you know, when you take one step, <laughs> this is so, you know, cliche, but it's really true. When you just, even your intention, and you, you talk, stop to take that one step of, okay, it may not seem like you have time, but I, I need this, and I'm going to, you know, just get into the Word, or just meditate, or just listen to, like, an audio of Neville's, or something, just to put you back in the mindset, and remind yourself who you are, and what you are, and what's within you, you know, before you go out and face the uh, external facade that's telling you everything opposite <laughs> I mean amazing things come when, when you do that and so this is you know that's pretty much why I came in today I think because nobody's you can't be an island you can't be an island <laughs> and so I, I just really enjoyed what you were talking about and it really spoke to me and, you know for, for for that reason alone you know, if you if you're expecting to have victory over the world, quote unquote, you know, it has to start inside you and the intellectual earthbound mind isn't gonna get you there. It's not enough. It's not going to correct anything. It's just uh it's like you have to release that ego and release the, you know, desires of the flesh to accomplish whatever your purpose, you know, you feel like your mission is, and you can get these things tied up and, and twisted. You can actually think that you're on purpose, that you're actually, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, but you'll find that, that some sort of an extra internal energy pushing, I guess that goes to the power versus force kind of aspect. Rather, you're, instead of pushing in the flesh, you it's much more efficient and, it's much more in alignment to operate from spirit where you're submitted and asking Father to put you, you know, to keep you in, in the place that you're supposed to go and, and to re- remind you or to let you know when you're off point, when you're going into the flesh. And when I say flesh, I, I mean, you know, just your natural earthbound intellectual drive. That's one of my hardest challenges, I think, anyway. So, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Am I completely off point? No, (laughs) ma'am. No, ma'am. I mean, what you're saying is exactly true. Sometimes we get, um, we let self get in the way, like you said, and get busy when that, the true self, the true uh, divine nature that's within us, is downloading to us too but 
we kind of got our mind on one side of the fence and on the other. And you could say in a way we get busied, but we need to get back in tune with the creator all of what is that's given us the things that we should do and apply and go from that perspective instead of the opposite. We're kind of caught between the two in a way. You know, the the part about um, you ask a miss because you ask it for your, um, uh, you ask it for your lusts, <clears throat> that, that spoke to me because when I used to hear that, I used to think it was like for, for greed, for avarice, for, you know, something really obviously <laughs> in error. But it can be the same thing if you're working off of some ego project or, you know, the project can even be your purpose. It can be something you feel completely led to put your energy into. But if you're not in alignment, that thing can get bigger than spirit. You know, it's sort of like it, 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 it's now something else is driving it. Like, you know, do I want to do this because I want people to think that, you know, I can keep, you know, delivering at a certain rate? Or do I, you know, what am I doing this for? Ultimately, what is the, what is the purpose that I'm doing this for? And you have to really stop and, and ask. And it's, uh, you know, there's really, if you're inconsistent, if you took like, you know, a week or two off from feeding yourself anything, um, not spending the time, not, I mean, it's amazing how flat you can go. It's, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not good. <laughs> no, but by the same token, you know, Father is waiting for you right there, I mean, in any instant, any minute. And that's not to say that you're not going to get unction and, and guidance through things or having amazing enlightenment happen, which that's been pretty phenomenal. But it's kind of like, you know, you get on this, it's like a wheel, you know, I'm keep, I want to keep going, I want more, I want more, I want more. But um, that's, that makes me maybe think of the Martha and Mary um, scenario, you know, doing, doing, doing instead of, you know, sitting and and listening and just tuning in. But but um, I mean, you're only a, a flash of a second from correction, <laughs> just by you know putting your attention on it. But it's it's important, I think, to get that um, refill of the oil in your lamp. It's because without without being cognizant, if you're not aware, if you're walking around unconscious, you know, you're not paying attention to the cues that you're getting from that mirror, the external mirror, to show you what's going on inside you. I mean, it's there. Wherever you look out, it's there. It's telling you where you're off if you, you know, are, if you're operating in erroneous thought or you're holding some false belief. And then you're going to be challenged in that area. And, you know, instead of looking at, at it like a, a negative thing, like I now see this as like, oh, okay, this is kind of like when I was testing this out on the roulette table. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Let's see if, if I can follow the, the 
the rules that are being shown. Let's see if I can prevent myself from being dissuaded or um, convinced that it's not going to happen or work or whatever. So, I mean, I'm probably rambling, but... No, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying, I mean, it, it, I mean it, it is true. I mean, if we don't test it or try it or apply it, we will never know. And I mean, if if we believe something, I don't mean guess that we believe or hope that we believe, but I mean believe it, what mm -hmm. the divine says about the situation. If we believe it, we need to stand upon it. Like he says, after we've done everything we can do to stand, just stand. Prove me herewith, saith Yahweh. That's the only way we can prove him is by standing because we're we're and hold to that of that altar that that true nature of that divine creator that's within us and within all that's the only way we can prove that it is absolute and it is truth right where where it builds us up but at the same time he's getting all the glory or it is getting all the glory we're like the living witnesses, so yes, you know, if not if not us, then who? But it's just so Ooh. interesting. Um, I mean, <laughs> that 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 video, um, the Greg Braden one. It's so funny because I had just seen that a couple days ago, and I had seen the longer one, the longer version, but this yes. one. The way it's so concise and it shows you really quickly that it's the merging of the two into one, peace in the house, where you actually can feel, like literally feel the bodily feeling that you will feel when whatever is accomplished or attained or whatever, when in your mind you can see that and feel that in first person, there's something that clicks and you know it. There's like a a gnosis, some, something that you already, you just know that it's done. And you, <laughs> you let it go and stand in that. I, I had that happen, and it was, um, and I've had that happen before, but this one is a pretty big one um, for me because it's a, you know, it's kind of a perceived bigger hurdle. So um, I just really like the way he put that together and uh, hearing it from the word was amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and the then, thing you know, to speak the word from that standpoint, when, once you're in that place, that gnosis place, to speak the word from there, it just seems that much more powerful because you're already in the I am embodying that nature and the name of Christ. You're, you're, you're the living word at that point. And so to, so to speak from there, any, you know, affirmation or whatever just gives me chills right now to think about how powerful that is oh yes ma'am i could feel it my hair standing up all over my body so i know <laughs> that's fair and witness yes ma'am <laughs> when you were when you were just talking patchouli uh before you even said it i thought when you get to that point you become a living word and then you said it you it's like you're the living word <laughs> isn't that amazing yeah I love yeah <laughs> that is just <laughs> super and that, good. It's no longer the letter of the law. It's no longer the intellectual side of the letter. You know, you 
the scriptures, he said, you search the scriptures looking for salvation, you know, but the salvation's not in the letter, it's in the doing, you know? Right. I see a lot of people um, in these days are looking in the Bible for cues on how the system works or the court works or whatever, and I just think, wow, there's so much more in here than that. I mean, it's all in there, but, you know, it's like, Sort of missing, <laughs> missing the big gold nugget, the pearl. <laughs> you know how the um, the federal government, and the states are supposed to be all set up to where the uh, it's all one one body. You just have a federated side, and and then you have the states and their individual. If you think about that, you know originally they were set up as thirteen. Um, according to the tribes of Israel, by the way. Uh, but if you think about it as 12 and 1, you have 13. The the one in the middle is the federated state. In a, in a sense, that's the spirit which is moving, and the, the, the other 12 are the states that are moving out here around it. Uh, the spirit goes whether it's so, whether it wants to go, and... Uh, awesome. and right? And, yeah. and the people that are moving around in these these other states, they don't know exactly what's happening in the federated state. Uh, it's not given to them to know what's happening in the federated state until they enter into that reality. It, they can't know, and and that's exactly the same image as uh, you know when we walk around in our objective mind under our uh, five sense limited uh, intellect. We can't know. We're it's it's like so there's a separation there. You know. Right. 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 So wherever your attention, because, all right, I am is within you. God dwells in me as me. So whatever your attention is on, you're giving it life. So if you're focused down on the five senses, that's the realm that you're giving life to. If you are intellectually or spiritually, or the combination of the two, going up to higher, um, higher level of the fractal, that's what will be alive for you. And that's where you get into the stuff they teach in the Kabbalion about correspondence and about the, um, what's that thing here? How you can um, transmute from a lower to a higher and mm. bring, a low, bring a lower situation um, up into a higher realm. And that, that reminds me of how Okay, at law you can um, you can supersede a lower court by invoking a higher court, and you know what I mean. It's like it's so right. amazing how it, it applies to everything, and and you wonder did men make this up or, I mean, genius, you know, <laughs> it's beyond genius. So the system like I don't see it as bad at all. I just see it as you know it's fascinating, and when you Thank can. You comprehend the structure of it you can see it from the divine part you can see it through everything you see it through nature it's, it's fantastic Hallelujah. Well, i look at i look at uh um, amen to that i look at nature and i say okay if i'm going to live my life according to the five senses nature's going to rule me but if i live my life according to the spirit um, I'm still in nature, but nature doesn't rule me. I become the Lord over nature. Exactly. Uh, That's like the guys who would sit out and um, 
in a meditative pose for months without eating or drinking in the weather with no shirt on, you know, because they were, they were attuned and their attention was on a higher, a higher dimension, a higher realm. And people who I, consider themselves breatharians, I used to think that was total hooey. I no longer think that. I believe that it's potentially something that if you are, are if your belief is, is enough to, to stabilize that, uh, the workings um, and the rules of a higher dimension, you can supersede the lower. Yes. I mean, well, Jimmy, you, I know you have, <laughs> you have stories. The Masters of the Far East I mean, talks about right, yeah. in the first first chapter where the, he 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 meets uh, or look at the Saint Germain. You know, he talks about how he meets this fella and lifts him up into a um, lays hands on him and brings him into a higher dimension. And or, or even go look at the um, go look at uh, fairy tale, but it's not exactly fairy tale, even though it's written as a fictional story. You know the the um, the movie Doctor Strange, where he has to humble himself before the door, right? And he it's all written in that code. He humbles himself, and when he comes in, she lays hands on him and pushes him into another dimension, and he's like, oh, my God, you know? I, <laughs> I never knew, right? Well, John, in Revelation, um, you know, what dimension was that? <laughs> right, right. You know, Clearly, everybody he was says a, he was and, actually taking, you know, uh, mushrooms or whatever, but there's no, there's no evidence of that. <laughs> if you're in a higher dimension, he's, you know, what he saw was what he saw. It goes along with, uh, I mean, this is a pretty wonderful, amazing experience. It can be pretty um, intense at times, but that's because, if you're tuned into the five senses only, then that outer world you're thinking you have no control over and you have no um, no say so at all in it. That you're just the soccer ball, you know, to get kicked around. <laughs> but once you, you know, once you've seen and recognized that, you know, you can interject into even like two frames ahead of yourself, you know, like before you, <laughs> you know, you it, it, you can alter you can alter the reality. Even as close as, say, two, two frames of a movie, if you're watching that externally, change something that quickly. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the faith that keeps it, you know, that, that makes it happen. It's that, the feeling of it being real and the faith that makes it happen. So that needs to be nurtured and it needs to grow, and that's why you need to put oil in that lamp, you know, and... And, you know, just keep going ahead like a baby learns to crawl and toddle and fall down. And then eventually, you know, he can run miles and become graceful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> become, you don't have second nature. You don't even think about it after a while. There's some times when you're in the flow where you don't even have to think about it, that you're just dialed in. And it seems like all you have to do, a thought will come to you. And you just accept it with gratitude, and the next thing you know, it's being handed to you. I had a, a funny incident like that happen with a friend. I went over and uh, this and that. We were talking, and she had a dog that was um, jumping and barking at something or whatever. And I said, I wonder what he would do with, like, bubbles, like, you know, soap bubbles, bubble wand. 
And we were, she walked me out to my car, and I swear to you, she picked something up out of the street that looked like something the trash man left. She opened it up, and it was bubble wand. <laughs> we both looked at each other. We were shocked. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, and I had been explaining to her the things that I'd been experiencing, right? And this just happens just like that. I mean, these are just little things, but they're big things because they keep reminding you that, yes, this is your creation. This is your creation. Is this what you want? <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, you know, nowadays with all this stuff coming at you and all the political stuff and everything, um, it's even more important, I think, if you're going to take any of that in, you really need to spend equal time or more to, to feed spirit and keep yourself, like, in, in the awareness of the I am. Yes. I mean, there's many things you can do to actually, if something you don't like or you, you feel, a, you know, a pushback when you see it, well, you know, when they say resistance um, causes something to persist, so you don't want that, but you can spin it, um, revise it, and reframe it to be something positive. And just by doing that, it causes your body to relax and you don't have that, you know, anger or fear or feeling of fighting. <laughs> and just trust it, you know, trust it. So far, everything that I thought I, that I spun this thing into, um, I've seen. It's like been total revelation of all the stuff, you know. And when you put light on darkness, it's a lot harder for dark, darkness to operate. So I'm holding with that. I'm holding that ultimately this will be for the good, good, and very good. But it's the day-to-day -day stuff that makes it a little, you know, challenging. And that's why, you know, if you can do nothing else, put on, you know, 45 minutes of, of Neville Goddard or something in that line, you know, to just re-remind you. That's yes, if you have something to do, like if you're working or whatever. A lot of people aren't working, and that gives you much more time. But anyway, that's my thoughts. Yeah. What I usually do is, uh, uh, you know, the scripture says that we're all one, but yet we're in a state to where we're seeing ourselves as individualized. And when, you know, and uh, you brought up the mirror earlier and things like that. We look in the mirror and see what manner or man or woman we are, darkly. But then we turn and we forget. The thing is, if what I usually do is if I something comes up or a person or any anything, let's just say anything, and that makes me feel, uh, how can I put it, uneasy or Some something kind of that. Way that yeah, that that com conflicts with, you know, you being in a, a good, serene attitude. Mm. Uh, I look at it as we're all one, but yet I look at those different persona as something that I'm looking in the mirror at that I need to work on on myself. There's yeah. something in me that I have to overcome. And they're yeah, reflecting. That would make you say thank you. You know, you could just be grateful in that moment because you've seen that, and that takes the stink off of how you felt. <laughs> That's really great. And, and it's being reflected back to you because what does it say? 
what you give out, you give back, right? Right. And you not you might not be consciously conscious of it, but yet that's those things that are within you that you have to overcome and get into into subjection with your true self, your true persona of of what you call I am mm-hmm. or me. You know, because it says we're all one. But yet we're seeing ourselves as individualized as, you know, Pacholi or Michael yeah. or Jim or Donna or Gil. Yet we're all one. And what we give out to others, we're going to get back. And that's why usually when I see something like that coming back at me, it must be something that I need to correct within myself to overcome and get it into subjection to that true divine mind spirit that is within me, you know, where I can become that perfect man, like the scripture says, be ye perfect for I am perfect. You know, and you've heard White Wolf and other people talk about the mirror and put up the mirror and all that. But that's, it's actually a, a reflection of ourselves. For sure. And, but we're seeing it as other people and other things. And that's how I usually can get more control of myself and correct it and overcome it. You know what I'm saying? I do, but old habits die hard, you know, because I've had a lifetime of that constant thing. And especially, you know, like 10 years looking at, you know, asking questions, what is this all about? And you go down many rabbit holes and you go through all the levels of, anger, fear, confusion, and you're trying to figure this out and stuff. And so having come through that, um, it's still when, okay, lots of people have put out various, um, their takes on stuff going on, and they'll bring up um, stuff that's like end times, biblical, but they're, they're twisting things as they see it, and it'll stimulate something in me where I feel like an inner turmoil, like I don't believe that. It looks like it. And, you know, I'll have this, like, inner battle with myself. And that's when I think um, when I've entertained these things, that's when I will see more of it externally mirroring back to me. So it's another good reason to just abstain from that diet of um, of, of videos or <laughs> whatever, you know. When you're, when you're involved with groups of people and everybody wants to share and they're, like, going through their stuff and they'll put some video up and you'll click it and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> but, well, you know. <laughs> oh, I've sent some videos out. Hopefully nobody gets upset with me. If they do, just text back and say, don't send no more video. But I, I, well, I mean, only... It's all up to us to, to monitor ourselves, you know. How else are you going to get mastery if you don't have practice? <laughs> well, I only the only reason I send them out is uh, the ones that I send out is because there's a, a a deeper meaning within that video. Not that I agree with everything 100%, but there's certain things in there that are that are truths that uh, you know that that maybe other people may see and they may not see it. They may think, well, what? Why is that guy sending this to me for, for <laughs> you know? But uh, I mean, well, there's we all just have a quick we can all delete and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I but didn't. I, uh, 
<laughs> what I was seeing didn't come from you, so don't worry about it. It came from somebody else, another group. So, um, but but you know, it's there to test me to see if you know can I stay neutral and look at this? Can I you know examine that? And is it necessary that I even look at it? Really, is it necessary? I was thinking if we didn't have the internet or or TV. Or radio, would we even know that there was anything going on? <laughs> would we? I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, it, you... that, it reminds me of the Monty Python um, skit where they had the the peasants were working in the field, and some guy comes in with his entourage and saying, "I'm the king," yeah. and he goes, "He goes what? Yeah. <laughs> What's a king?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he kept trying yeah. to get his attention. It's just like, bugger off. <laughs> I mean, but everything that's kind of going on now uh, and, and taking place and stuff like that, and and I, I'm not, uh, you know, when White Wolf was alive and stuff and things like that, we were touching on some of this and stuff that, that we had come across in our studies and stuff like that and also did our very best to, to, to group it together with the scriptures to rightly group it together not just mm-hmm. take it blindly you know what I'm saying yeah, to where, yeah. where people can get a greater understanding of it and you know like a lot of the people that I had been talking in the past they call me all the time Jim how did you know 10 years ago that this was going to happen everything you, y'all have been saying is happening now I said well I mean it's all there if you really do your homework and, you know, and not only read the scripture, but I mean, do your study. And as far as looking the things up and, you know, not just in one place, but all over and it will manifest. The creator will, you know, let it manifest so that you can get a greater understanding of what's taking place and also what's going on with our so-called governments and stuff. And how they're trying to usurp authority and change everything now. And, but they're, they're not going to be successful. No. And, and besides that, I mean, is that really your government? I don't think so. Well, I, mean, I said our government. It isn't our government. Because the government, it's a private corporation. It ain't even a... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, United States of America and the Constitution was set there for forth you know for us but i'm just saying that i mean, I mean uh, you know if you if you're an an elect if you're one of the elect then your government is on your shoulders and god is your government correct amen. spirit right well so, that, yeah. that that's true but i mean but he didn't say not uh, why we shouldn't have another person over each of us we should have govern our own families and things of that sort. But I mean, if you if you're working, there has to be a how how can I put it? a leader somewhere there to where if say you had a hundred people out there and everybody's working doing. No, no, I get the idea. I get the I get the the concept. Somebody has to be able to dick. Uh, well, I say dictate. That's not a good. Organize it to where I don't like the word dictate either, but I'm saying organize it to where people are not running over each other 
and to make it fair to where everybody that does their part, you know, everything's fairly divided. You know what I mean? Well, people, I think what's happening is the dirty the dirty eggs that are are have usurped or inserted themselves over the years for um, under a constructed uh, plan are being outed now. And you know, it, in other words, the system itself is set up for an honorable purpose, and it's set up with um, with remedy and fail safes and things like that. But if some of those were taken out or put to sleep for a while, which it appears they were. Um, uh, now this is all coming out, and, you know, that's what I think is going on, and I think that's for the good. It's, it's, I believe that this, the orchestrators are not going to get what they want, and as far as worrying about some potential thing in the future, it's better just to hold in the now and believe that, you know, you your your father has this, you know. You're, that's not going to affect you and your home, your house. Oh yes. And, and, you yes. know what I mean. And instead yes. of feeling like you know, I'm going to take to the streets or do something or whatever, which you know, I'm not saying whatever anybody wants to do can they can do, but I just think you know it, everything is in the mind. It started in the mind. And that's where you can do the work is in the mind. That's and true, but more, we're also the more time in the we physical. spend learning. There, there, there's a twofold thing there. It's just like positive and negative. You got the divine spirit, but you also got the flesh. I mean, the two have to walk together. You know, you know, you know, they have to walk together to, you know, and to be in agreement. Yeah. Because if they're not, the house divided against itself can't stand. That's yeah, just so like us as humans. Right? Yeah, that's like us as believers. We have to, we have to understand and adhere to and trust in that divine, eternal Creator Spirit, in order to control this here physical flesh, in order to bring it into subjection to that divine, anointed mm-hmm. mind of the Creator. Or it won't stand, and like right. people, people saying, "Well, you know, like we, I think we were talking earlier, Michael, about the, you know, how it says not everyone is going to taste death. You know, that's talking about physical death in this body. And he also tells us in Romans, you know, that the corruptible has to put on incorruption. There's a purpose for everything under the sun, but so many people." To fit their own, how can I put it, their own egos and their own thing that they're doing, like a lot of the ministers, and I'm not casting yeah. stones, you know, at any one person, but I'm just saying, you know, they're in it to make money nowadays. That, that's why they're oh, becoming yeah. many churches. And sure. God, that's not supposed to be like that. But nope. what I'm trying to say is, if we bring it into subjection to that divine eternal spirit and that mind of the creator and we can make the body conform to what the internal spirit is telling us, that's why it tells us we have to go within as within, so without, it's going to project on the outside. And the signs and 
miracles and healings will manifest. But see, most people's been taught a lie uh, that that don't have no power. They built their house on the sand. And now that the storms are coming, they're not able to stand. Everybody's running like chickens with their heads cut off. They're afraid. Right. And he... It, this is a good thing, though. This That's actually a good thing because it's showing them that they're not rooted and grounded, that they're not on a stable foundation. And I remember when I was in that position and everything was, like, falling apart, it wasn't what I thought I believed, and how come this was allowed, how come this happened, it wasn't supposed to happen. That's when I really started getting, like, seriously, you know, in communication with, with the Father again and asking... I show me you know um i agree because when things started to happen like that see because i i started out as a catholic i was going to be a catholic priest and then i got out of that i found out that was wrong way back when and i went to the what you would call the pentecost with the with mm -hmm. the evidence of speaking in tongues and things like yeah, that and uh and even that's not all correct either there's certain things that are but there's a lot that ain't and that's why people ask me why that about almost every probably every denomination yeah i i tell them they ask me what faith i am i said i'm not of any faith you know i'm a i'm a, i'm a believer in the ever living but i said at the same time believing's not enough either you have to know Those i'm a i'm a believer and a knower I mean, right. it's just I mean, like... What difference does it make if you're a Pentecostal or a Baptist or whatever? Um, you know, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. No, and I understand. we are all one. You know, th it that should cover it all. Them. That and loving your neighbor as yourself. Those two should cover whatever, um, yes. you know, doctrinal problems people have. Well, they put names and titles on everything. I, and I said, you can't, we can't do that. I said, that's before we uh, come to our understanding. I mean, like I tell them, God's not a, you know, a name. And right. Son is right. not a name. And Holy Spirit's not a name. They're titles. I said, but yet... It's sort of like the Tao, you know, how they, they basically, T-A-O, the Tao. And yeah. how... They they define they can't really define the Tao because it's undefinable. That's what they're talking about, you know, the All, um, the Creator Almighty, because you know there's personification in the Bible where you get a sort of a feeling, um, but then there's that personal interaction that you have with the Father and I have with the Father that gives you your stability place where you know it's kind of like you recognize when it's when something's being shown to you or said to you. Mm -hmm. So, but, but as far as knowing, um, I mean, what an arrogant thought to think that we could know God that like, <laughs> well, he's not, on, not ready he, yet. We're in a, such a small little, uh, contracted, um, he's unnameable. Tiny. He's unnameable yeah. and he's unknowable. I mean, we're just beginning to barely minutely yeah. understand him. Because I, I mean, see he a said, awakening myself. I see a lot. Of, I mean, it's unbelievable how much awakening I'm seeing of of the people who are getting it, who are um, coming to recognize that 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 God is within them, and that 
they can, they can actually ask any question they want internally, and it's beyond the Library of Alexandria. You can get answers. It's just I that wanna, I think a lot of times you haven't learned to trust those, uh, you know, that response yet because you have never really listened to it throughout your life. You might have had a gut check here or there that saved you from a situation that you thought was pretty amazing, but you can have that on a daily, on a, more than a daily basis. No, I understand. You know how all, a lot of people, and I did it one time when I first started out understanding uh, you know, I, they believed in a rapture, right? And right. everybody thinks they're going to be caught away to meet the Lord. But uh, there's nowhere in the scriptures that it tells you that. It talks about a catching away. We're going to rise to meet him in the air. But uh, that that word air is a mistranslation. It meant to rise to meet him in the spirit, which is the spirit mind mm-hmm. or in the thoughts of the mind. Uh, That's why and, I always go to the interlinear to to look at words. I don't take anything from like the face value um, anymore. But I, yeah, I was taught that too, and then I learned later that that was inserted, um, not I mean like 150 years ago or something into the yeah. Christian culture. Even uh, the one that they're calling Jesus, he even told him. He said, "I thank you, Father." For those that you have given to me, then it says, and that you have not taken them out of this world. Because if they were taken out of this world, they're they're gone. <laughs> it didn't say they were going to heaven. That means that the body has, you know, passed on and it's put in to hell or the graveyard. But he well, said, here's Bless the thing. Those. You know, the hell thing used to really bother me until Michael Joseph turned me on to um, Emanuel Swedenborg. And at first, I was reading that part about hell and heaven, and it was a little, I don't know, maybe it was the way it was written. It was sort of like laborious to read. But then I got into that, and I saw this from uh, a couple of other perspectives, and then Neville opened it up. and And the idea of... God, an external God, sending you, you know, go, go, you're gone. That is not how I see this at all. What I see is that your frequency and vibration, the predominant vibration of your life, which I guess you could call your intention, your actions, your thoughts, uh, determine where you're going next. And if you were, like, if if you were in a, let's say whatever level that you're at, if you were put into a higher vibrational level, you'd be extremely uncomfortable, which is why you won't go there. You're going to go to a similar realm or plane or whatever um, because you know, the Bible says that none will be lost. So if you don't get it in this particular lifetime, you're going to keep going <laughs> and you'll end up in another plane similar to this one or one that you can um, deal with. And if you... Um, like if you were at a very high frequency, high vibration, and you were put into a super low vibration, that would be unfair and unjust. It wouldn't be um, equitable. You know, depression and horrible stuff and everything. You know, so the, the heaven and hell thing to me has been kind of put into a simplistic. Um, it was a line made up by the Catholic Church. 
They can use it. Yeah, they can use it that way to get you to jump through hoops or to pay tithe or to, you know, attend or put on a face or whatever. Control. Yes, so that's how and, I but, but you know the scripture, you know where it says that they uh, uh, were, I think it was Paul, or was it Stephen that was stoned? But one was stoned, he says he, it was Paul, I think, or Peter. I can't remember right offhand where he said that he seen the third, he he went to the seventh. Uh-huh. How does it? He, he went to the third, but he saw the seventh heaven. Yeah. What he means, a higher uh, and a greater understanding, or you can say a greater realm, or uh, right. uh, and things like that there. That's I what mean, Swedenborg pretty much opened up for me, and now I've gone on and read other things, and it just completely makes sense to me. And it doesn't... See, God is within you, so you're basically judging yourself. If you choose to live at a low vibration here, acting however you want to act and don't care about people or whatever, um, you're going to get that in the next level. But see, you see how you would have judged yourself? Your own conscience is your judge. So, <laughs> I, Well, I understand. I mean, if we go back even in deeper into some of the, I mean, you got Buddha and a lot of the others, and there's... Uh, in reality, we know there. We know that there's every. We know everything that there is to know, past, present, and future, because they're all happening at the same time, which is right now. And the thing is, is that when we choose to come into the three-dimensional body, that it's like playing a game. We come in here. We kind of like wipe the slate. Right. And we have to, there's a process where we have to gain back to that all-knowing state that we came yeah, from. Yeah, like a virtual reality. Well, <laughs> not, yeah. Not well, like a video game in a way. You know that verse in the scripture says, well, uh, there's nevertheless I have somewhat against you. Right. Uh, I can't remember right off happened. I think it's in the four gospels. Uh, uh, it's one of the then, letters. The churches. Yeah, and then it says, and they're basically asking him, well, what do you mean by it? Well, he says, because thou hast forgotten thy first love. love. The first love is the all-knowing, the almighty creator all. You know that we are the, part of. The gratitude that you're in when you finally, like, when you recognize that <laughs> you have communion with the creator, the creator is real, and that there it's within you, and you have abilities that no one ever told you about. I mean, that that's first love. I mean, you're you're mind blown. You know, I was. Um, oh, and just me beyond too. gratitude, like words don't even words don't even it, express. No, they can't describe really what. They're like a even before when I was telling some of the things that happened to me about when I received the spirit and how the Lord raised me off my knees to my feet and uh, and about the statues flying out of the the closet and a bunch of other things and I mean I've seen in the spirit and a bunch of things and, and believe me I know that I know that I know there's an almighty creator 
I mean, and and that's maybe that's why I'm so tried to be so diligent to to gain as much knowledge and wisdom and understanding as I can, that I can walk before that divine creator all and be perfect and do the absolute. Really, what else is there after you know that? Like everything else pales in significance. Yeah, I mean, I have such a, I don't know, I gave my all. And sometimes I seem like that I I think that I know more than anybody. I, that's not the case. I'm only coming from the perspective of what I studied over 60-something years and, you know, and gr- grouped together and also the things that I learned with White Wolf and other people and stuff. But believe me, I'm constantly checking and checking and checking and checking again to make sure that what I'm understanding and reading is right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm always yeah, checking. Yeah, diligent to make sure that you're on point and that you're not, um, what's the word, being led astray or going off path. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes I'm real zealous, and uh, I guess it. Sometimes people say, well, that I'm being arrogant. Uh, God is my witness. I'm not trying to be that way, and that's not my intention. I'm just so, uh, how can I put it? It's like uh, Elijah said, there's a fire shut up in my bones. I got to get it out. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, that it may come off different than what I intended it to come off as. But uh, Well, I don't think there's a... I mean, nobody wants to offend, but, you know, if you read almost anywhere, you can flip almost anywhere and they'll say, you know, offenses will come. You're going to offend somebody if you're going to stand, right? And so it's not your, it's not, you know, that's not your concern because if you're, if you are doing what you know to do and it's, you have no checks against it, like if you're not crossing a line in your heart, then you have to just leave that and uh, know that it's in God's hands. Well, yeah. I, I do things that I've been offended about, and I was completely wrong. But yes, I was offended, and later I came to realize that it was me. <laughs> I was the wrong but one, you know. My intention is to do it out of love and not arrogance and things. But there have been people come back and ask me, "Why are you so talking so arrogantly?" And I was and. You know, like I said, that's not my intention. My intention is to share what I've come to understand and know. I'm just sharing. Not that anybody has to believe anything I say. I just hope that they go check out what I say to see if what I'm saying is right or not. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the only way they're going to know. And if they find something different than I do, they'll come back and tell me. And uh, I never found you to be arrogant in any way. I I do see that you are um, adamant and that you, there's no one, there's no way that you'll ever be taken off your, um, off your belief because you've lived it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because that's pretty much what we're to do. It's proved itself day in and day out. I mean, Mm -hmm. all these years, it is never, 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 ever with every fiber in my being has never failed me. And God is on time every time, all the time. And I know it sounds like a broken record, but I'm yeah. telling you, it is absolute, absolute. And it says, let God be true and every man a liar. 
And uh, I'm only coming from what I know that of the things that are happening in my life and what has happened in my life. And I come from that perspective in the scriptures and other things that I know and the testimonies that I have gathered as I came through this life. I'm and grateful that you're here, that Divine Mind Group is still going and that you bring in that to the, you know, anybody who wants to hear it. I think it's amazing. Well, I mean, that's what this, uh, when White Wolf, I mean, he did a lot of the dissertations back then. And thank God for Michael. And But, you know, the, the Divine Mind Groups is for everybody. I want, and I'm sure Michael does too, everybody to come in and share their testimonies. That's how we overcome the adversarial mind is by the word of words of our testimony. But at the same time, I know there's things and times you have something you would like to share and say. I mean, you're more than welcome. And, and, and Gary and, uh, uh, you know, even, uh, Donna and Gil, uh, it's, that's what this is, you know, that's what's called the divine, divine mind group. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, because not, no one person has it all, but, uh, you know, that's what it's all about is us come together and reason it out together where we can all grow thereby, you know, cause we're all one body seeking the same place. <laughs> well, I don't know of any place that I could go really that, um, Teaches, you know, like Neville Goddard used to have meetings, I guess, once a week or whatever, where you're learning how to operate this amazing, <laughs> the law, <laughs> while the promise is on the way. It's, and the combination of what Michael Joseph brings in with his amazing, with his Bible knowledge and Amen. spirit shows him things. It's really, it's fantastic. It's it's yeah, really I told great. him he's a genius. <laughs> oh, no, he is. Yeah, he is. But you know the oh. scripture. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, stop! Know. Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! <laughs> Your head hey, blew off. <laughs> that's right. All of a sudden, I can hear. I can hear the uh, steam coming out of my ears. Just hold on. <laughs> hey, uh, I wanted to say something that um, Julie, you said it a minute ago about how. Um, Swedenborg and and other mystics like uh, Steiner and others uh, had related that we um, in the spirit we learn the the law of attraction in the flesh, but in the spirit it's even more magnetic. Yeah. And so um, here's the the thing I'd like you to really contemplate our our persona, uh, which I guess I'll just call our ego. Um, it likes to think that this is the first time I've I've been through, okay? And and what I, what I mean by that is we may be on the other side. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You wouldn't know. There's no way to know. Oh, you mean you mean we may have been on? I believe that's happened probably more times than we can count. But that's right. you know, like, is it the last round? I don't know. I have a feeling it may be for me. I'm not sure though. In other words, when you look at you look at like uh, Swedenborg, he said he said that it was given to him to 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 appreciate and understand the experience, and and that when he came up on somebody on the other side, he the the other in the other dimension, he the guy he came up on had no clue 
that he, he had even passed away in, in the previous dimension. He was yeah, still living his life. Too. Yeah. And and that's what my that's my point, is that how Yeah, that's not we, a shock we, to me at all. I'm I I'm pretty gone sure that it's happened. So so then really I mean, if that doesn't solidify for you that the spirit is more real than anything, uh, because it, 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 matter is just a uh, it, it's just a, a form, um, a materialized form, a manifestation form of spirit. Spirit's what's real. Uh, matter is just the wave. It's matter a temporary form. manifestation of the spirit. Right, but matter is is temporary in nature, whereas spirit is permanent in nature. Uh, um, I think um, uh, one of the laws of conservation that they tried to set up a model around is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed, and that goes to the nature of spirit. It can can only be transformed in form, but it can't be created or destroyed because it just is. It's being. God is, right? Right. Yeah, that's why he. That's why his name. That his name forever is I am that I am that I am. I am that. That is what I am. I'm anything and everything I can perceive or conceive within myself, whether it be good or bad, hot or cold, whatever the case. I am that. He's everything. He said, lift up a rock and I'm there. Right. You know, uh, he's the rock. He, he's the table. He's the chair. He's the light. He's everything. He's us. We, all the we, states of uh, consciousness are all set and they're there and we just move through them. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing. Yeah, and people said, well, this, you, I think you said earlier, this might be, you have a feeling this would be your last go around. But I, I, from my opinion, I think that you got a lot more to go because the scripture tells us that we go onward and upward from glory to glory or understanding to understanding. I mean, well, if let, let me be clear. I was not saying as if I've arrived, but what I what I've gleaned over this is that if you've lost your attachments to this material realm, um, there will come a choice like once you are what's the word the, the when the spirit is activated when your christ is is living through you and should there come the time that you have the option to go back around or um reunite with the you know and go into unity i guess i'll say it that way um or stick around and go you know through more for maybe the good of other people, um, that, like, you know, when people go into out-of-body experiences for whatever reason, they've near-death experiences. I've had both. Yeah, and they've given been given an option or been told that you can't stay here, you have to go back. Um, yes. Or that there's a, a pulling in their heart because of family members or whatever wanting to go back. And so... They've got a But what what's happening there? I mean, that's happened to me. And he told me, 
I couldn't go back because before I knew anything about an out-of-body experience or anything like that, it happened to me. I didn't understand that. But yet I saw my spirit leave my body. I saw my body laying down there. And I rose up. And it got to the top of this. Uh, as I rose up, I saw my body down there. But as I started to rise again, it went pitch black. And as it went pitch black, then I rose up, I could see again. Do you know, there's a veil, like it says. There's a veil oh, wow. of darkness over there. And as I rose up, I went through a wormhole, what they, they call, you know, like you see on TV, but it was fluorescent green type. I mean, I went through it and I got to the other end. And my guides were talking to me. The, the, the guide, because I was a young man when that happened to me, that's when I believed in Jesus at that time, the way I did, according to what the churches were saying. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the guides, and the other one was the Apostle Paul. And uh, I, I got there, and they told me, he said, you can't come here now and i mean i heard him like i'm talking to you but i know he was speaking to to my mind you know what i'm saying but it Mm -hmm. and i said and to myself i said well if i can't come here there's only one other place that i'm going (laughs) you know that's before i knew i was a young guy when this happened i didn't know what an out-of-body experience was and and I, I just said, if I can't come here, there's only one other place. And immediately, the one that I, that in my mind at that time was Jesus and Paul. They both said at the same time, no, that is not what we're talking about. There's no such place as hell. There you they, go, see? They Good. said, what, what they're calling hell is the graveyard. That's where the body goes, you know, and they talk about, you know the straight gate and there are many that go in there at it's not talking about into a literal hell fire and burning it's talking about the graveyard and uh and then i understood that he but he told me you can't come here now there's things that you have to do and uh, and, and and they told me they they that they would be with me mm-hmm. and, and I've, you know, I've seen in the spirit and I, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of miracles has happened in my life. I mean, I, a doctor up here in Rochester gave me a, a, a shot and flatlined me, killed me. Oh, whoa. And I heard my wife and my uh, son asking the doctor, what did you do to my dad? You flatlined my dad. You killed my dad. Oh, my God. And I'm I'm sitting there. I can hear everything, but it was pitch black, you know. And he says, I said, no, son, I'm right here. They couldn't hear me. But they kept saying, you killed my dad. And they were calling for the nurse to come in here to, you know, tell them what the doctor was doing, all this and that. And the nurse came in there. She started working on me after a little bit. She, you know, she stuck some kind of solution in my arm. And after uh, I don't know how long, 
then I came back and they were all freaked out. He's alive. <laughs> you know, and uh, I said, I was here. I said, I, kept, I heard what you were saying. I kept telling you I'm right here. They said, no, dad, you were dead. You, you didn't have no heartbeat for a long time. Didn't have no brain damage or nothing. As so far I'm as coming, back, as far I'm as coming back, as long as there's something for me to do, then yes, I'm I'm in for that. Well, so, sister, but as far as a pull here, I don't have a pull that wants me to. There's things. There's things. There's things that that we're going through in life that we've done when we were younger, and now. And probably before we check out of here, it's what they're calling karma, which means that there's lessons that, that when we come here that we have to learn and also things that we have to correct. We've been here several times. We, we just don't remember every time, but we've been here several times. That's why you hear people talking about past lives. But... Mm -hmm. And a lot of people yeah, mistake. You've heard of deja vu? Of course. Okay, well, I've had that. I know in this lifetime, I, I've been there since, but at the time when it happened, I did not, never have been to that town. I heard about the town, but I've never been there. And I, we were happened to go there for a, a job. Before we ever got there, I knew everything about the town. I knew every street name in that town. That's weird. Wow. And never been there in my life. What I'm trying to say is we've been here before. A lot of people think, well, when you die, we're going to go off and sit with Jesus somewhere or sit in limbo <laughs> somewhere. It's not. You immediately turn around and come right back as someone else. To do, uh, have another, uh, what do you Try call again. it? Try <laughs> again. Well, we have to become that perfect man. There's a reason we were put in this fleshly body, even though we're a spiritual being. There's nothing, uh, I mean, there's a purpose for everything under the sun. And I even if I'm a even, perfect man here, I don't know that, that it would have to be on a higher plane, obviously. Not necessarily. Why do you think the uh, the scriptures are saying in Romans the eighth chapter that this, that this corruptible, which this flesh is corruptible, must put on incorruption? The spirit's not corruptible. No, but putting on incorruption, that's a pretty broad statement. You could say that that's just uh, when you are um, uh, inhabiting the higher the higher mind, you know, or, or when you get less in the way, you, you start taking your flesh out of the way or God takes the flesh out of the way as you grow, then, you know, as you diminish, um, God increases through you. So, I mean... Um, the, the reality I think, of I don't think yeah. it's for I don't know that's still too lofty for me. <laughs> no, sister, the reality is that we are God. Right. We are. We but, are. But my that. personality, my ego, those are the things that interfere. Um, my like er mm -hmm. errant thoughts, misbeliefs, programming, 
stuff like that. That's what I mean, getting that out of the way. Because, for instance, okay, if everything is possible, all things are possible to those who believe, to him who believes. Okay, that's all things. Now, I can believe to a certain extent, but there are some things that um, I still have this reticence about, like, okay, that might be possible for somebody else. I don't see myself being able to do that at this point. You know, I'm talking about, you know, like, okay, levitation and junk like that. Now, why would I want to levitate anyway? Does it have anything to do with spirit? <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it's a show for some people. Um, that's because... You know what I mean? Look, I, I, yeah, I'm just saying if all things are possible... I have a possible, friend, uh, Pacholi. I have a friend, and I think I mentioned it before. His name is David Moore. He is, they yeah. call him Sifu Dave or Sifu Moore. Uh, he, the Dalai Lama, made him a Lama in the United States. Now these guys, and I've known him. He worked for us, and he's a, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for years. I've seen him. I I gave him a nickname, uh, Spider Man and Ninja. I mean, no, I'm serious. I've seen him open-handedly stick to a brick wall and there's no bricks just the mortised brick none protruding sticking out that he can grab a hold of i've wow. seen I've, I've seen him over there rubbing them with his hands i was out there with three different owners of other businesses and then one one happened to look over at him and he said what's he doing over there i said i don't know i'll go find out and but I knew what he could do, and uh, he was over there. He was rubbing his hands on the 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 brick, and this is a two-story building, okay? okay. And and he says, "I'm finding my center of gravity." I said, "Okay." And about that time, he was rubbing it sideways like that. Then he stuck his hands right to the wall, open palm. Never used his feet, one upon the other. That if you understood the true physics, um, that it ain't got nothing thought. to do with physics. That's what. Okay, physics is the wrong word. Energy, energy work, whatever, whatever that's called. I'm not sure, but he said he was trying to find the center of gravity. That says to me that, you know, it's the same way that one guy can make a fireball in his hand, or you know, set that piece of paper on fire, uh, rubbing his hand together with each other and using chi that way. Okay, that's that's a skill I believe we can all develop, but this you know, to get there you really have to be a dedicated No, um, no, 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 no. What you have to have is absoluteness. You have to absolutely, absolutely believe. What I mean okay. by believe, you have I say believe, I take that back. No, you mean no you have to know, yes. Right, right. And because like over there, like he was talking about, they set out there, like you mentioned it earlier, out there in the Himalayan mountains, in the, let's just say, in their birthday suit, mm -hmm. and below freezing weather. I mean, you're talking right. about uh, five or six below or more. Right. In their raw birthday that's suit. A rough, that's a rough... <laughs> That's a rough place for sure, right? And they sat there, and wherever they sat in there, just meditating, 
and the stuff ice melts. Like that. Uh, yeah, it's all around them. Is and they're not cold. There's not goosebumps. They're not catching colds. And at the, and while that's going on, there's other uh, you can call them monks if you want to that are levitating from one mountain top to the other. I have to say, that's something I'd really like to see in, in this lifetime. I'd like to see something like that. Well, I've got, I've got a magazine of my friend, because they put him in the front of a magazine. He's mm -hmm. also a martial artist, too. And his, right. his, exactly. hands were, his hands were clocked at over 700 miles an hour. Boy, he's not like something from the Matrix. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just serious, and he blind. I'm, I'm not I'm not ribbing you or anything. I'm just saying, you know. I I understand. Uh, See the way I explained it. I, I'm not trying to be that way. I didn't mean it. No, uh, you weren't trying to be anyway. I didn't take that any strange way. I'm just saying, like, okay, I know that these feats are possible. Um, I know that I do. I don't doubt this at all. I really don't. I, I would like to see one in my lifetime, especially somebody levitating from a mountaintop to a mountaintop. That would be pretty awe-striking. <laughs> it really would be. Well, he uh, some videos were made uh, of him doing some of these things, and uh, in in the magazine, he's levitating a flute he plays. There, he's he's making it levitate right in front of him. But at the same time, he's the—he's the—I think he's the only one now that catches a arrow blindfolded, where they. Okay, stand I have seen that on uh, even television. There are people who have these kind of capacities, to, and they—they they look like they've got to be some kind of a setup, but they're not. So I know that that's. Well, I know that I don't, I don't have any doubts about any of this, just to let you know. I really don't have any doubts about this. Well, what I'm saying I've never really met anybody. If you, if you, uh, they should, hopefully, they're still up there. Uh, if you type in Sifu, S I F U, more, uh, okay, in the videos, he should have some of those up there. I mean, right when my when my youngest daughter got engaged, we were having her engagement party here at our home, and uh, he was here. And he, uh, what he did, it, they had a silver tray with the silver on it. You know, it had all the stuff, the sugar and the cream and all that, on it. Mm -hmm. And people said, "We heard you can do some things. Can you show us?" And he's not one to you know, do that in front of people. Be an entertainer. Yeah, and they kept asking him and asking him and asking him. He says, I'll just show you one thing and don't ask me again. And uh, that tray that was on the table, there's probably 20, 30 people here. He sits there and he's probably five or six feet away from, more than that, maybe eight feet away. And uh, tray and that sitting on the table and they're all standing around the table and stuff waiting for him to do something. He just takes his hands and just puts it over there and just like closes his eyes and like he's pulling back to himself. And, and like a I, magnetic field? Yes. And I, we recorded it. And believe me, 
in the recording, it got green all around that there. And all of a sudden, you've seen that tray move. And there's probably, uh, probably at least four or five pounds or more on that. And, uh, and it, people started freaking out. Oh, my God, how did you do that? How can you do that? Oh, my God. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> and then uh, he told my daughter, my second daughter, uh, we have a lilac tree out there. He said, with white lilacs on it. He told her, I'm going to give you a lesson. He said, go get me one of those lilacs off the tree. So she goes and gets it and hands it to him. He goes out in our, in the, our backyard, not on the deck, but down in the grass. And... He sits down in the yoga and, you know, with his palms up. But he takes that flower. He sets it like five or six feet away from him. And what happened as he doing it, he's sitting there open palmed and sitting there, eyes closed, meditating. All of a sudden, that flower that's about five or six feet away from him is laying on its side because, you know, she took it off the tree, stands up on its stem. And then, and then rises up in the air about three or four feet. Wow. And, he fired, and he's looking in a different direction, you know. And then he turns towards it and looks at it. He never touched it. He just took his hands and, you know, like they do in Tai Chi in a circle. Yes. Never touched it. He's five or six feet away. That, what happens is that lilac, levitates over to him and he, wow. he, he put his hand he put the palm of his hand down and it lands in his hand that i had pretty i had our our attorney that a friend of he's a friend of ours but he's an attorney for us and uh, mm -hmm. he's like you know he just he was flabbergasted and also uh, <laughs> uh that's worth it right there. Yeah. Do you know who do you know who Lou Graham is? Not offhand, no. Uh well Lou Graham was a sing he's the one that sings the song Urgent and a lot oh, of the other okay. Okay. and Cold as Ice. Foreigner, okay. Yeah, foreigner. Well mm -hmm. he lives up here. He's a friend of ours. And uh uh he uh I mean, his son, Nick, and all them, uh, they could tell you some stories, too. Uh, that, I mean, the stuff that I'm telling you, I mean, if he, he should still have some on there because we made some so that he could put that out there because people, a lot of people, like, they think that it's made up or some gimmick. Where am I going to put something out in my backyard where... It's covered in trees. Most people say that my backyard looks like a park-like setting, you know, where the trees come over nice. and form a, like a little, you know. Arch. Well, I, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just. Oh uh, gosh, uh, well, you know, so, well, some people, uh, you know, they think, well, what did you have strings out there and all that? I'm thinking, where am I going to put the strings oh, at? Wow. But. Uh, yeah, his name is Sifu Moore. David Moore is his name, but he, they call him Sifu. 
because the Dalai Lama made him a Lama in the United States. And uh, uh, wow. he's very unique. And uh, I mean, he well, I'm paid. Look up. I'm looking up. Yeah, he. I he, believe everything that you told me. I have no reason to doubt it in any way. I've sat there, saw. You know what the, uh, you know what a lacrosse team consists of? About fifteen people, right? Okay. <laughs> well, in Genesee State College, he was putting on an exhibition. Uh, well, they it was after that. He don't drink or nothing like that, but they were drinking, and they were in this little bar area. And they come up there. He was kind of like the the equalizer to keep people from getting too loaded and starting trouble. Okay. And one guy got kind of loaded pretty good. And he told him, excuse me, sir, just told him real nicely, sir, you're going to have to leave. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting too loaded. And the guy told him basically to shut up and shoved him. And he took the guy, I'm here so fast, he took the guy and, you know, and had him, had his hand behind his back and just took him and took him outside. Lo and behold, the whole lacrosse team come over to David at one time and jumped on him. Oh my gosh, now we're talking about a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> well, no, I'm, he was so fast that he took all 15 of them outside and they didn't lay one hand on him they all came at him at one time that's pretty crazy wow yeah and i i'm not trying i mean i'm i'm not exaggerating or nothing and i don't mean that it but i mean if if you get a chance and can find those videos on there you'll see what i'm talking about but you know the creator you know, everything that's happening here is for us. I mean, both good and bad. It's to, we're to, you know, we're the pyramid. We're the light of the middle column. Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we have to, we have to elevate, or how can I say elevate, or uh, uh, balance out the positive and the negative or the good and the bad and the light and the dark. You know what I'm that's talking what I get about? That's from the volume when I read it. That's, that is what I am um, gleaning from that. Well, we have to because actually the light and the dark are the same thing. They're just different right. degrees. Right. But it, it's, it, it's all the same. The same with hot and cold. But right. people said that, well, no, if I'm cold, I'll freeze to death. But if I do too much, I'll burn to death. I told him, yeah, but it's it's the concepts that we were taught from a young age. Whatever we call it, like Adam, whatever he called it, it became. Whatever we call it, it becomes. In reality, our body is not solid at all. We should literally be able to walk through the door or walk through anything. But because of what we've been taught to be right. as true, right. we can't do that. But you can ask any scientist and they'll tell you, your body is not solid. It is light. Amazing. 
but I mean, but see, well, the mind of God is. It's like all, you know these things, but it, it's like, well, I guess. we 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 listen to our fellow man instead of listening to the Creator. We listen habitual. to the concept instead of His. <laughs> well, see, indoctrination, you know, yes, you have to get rid of that. Because literally, like He says, nothing is impossible unto you. It literally isn't. The reason it it is or it seems that way is because you believe it's that way. Exactly. When, you, when we really, like with that uh, Greg Braden, once we get the concept of that, you know, and really test it and try it, it's not just going to work one time. It's going to work on time, every time, all the time for many different things. Well, that's but, the thing. That that particular, um, the way Neville, his method of doing it, has worked yes. really well for me, and and that's exactly how I see it. Is that the two, the the physical, the emotion is merged into the visual, mental, and I'm there in first person, as if it's happening in in like a virtual reality. Um, yes. Just like in a dream, where you're dreaming and you feel everything and your heart races just like it was real. So when I've done that, seeing the end result of what I'm uh, trying to create, and I feel it as if like the relief uh, from whatever I'm trying to uh, get rid of or the solution to the problem, generally it's always an amazing feeling of relief, like, God, that's, that's, that worry is over. I don't have to think about that anymore. When I get that, that's when I know. And it has worked for me on a repeated basis. The thing that I had to work on, though, was my imagination because I recognized that throughout all the years, watching things, TVs, videos, whatever, um, that my imagination had been kind of hijacked by what the media and the external world was putting out. And so I had to work on creating a visual and, and you know, like, it was really, a, I had to practice at it. And then I was able to do it. And, you know, imagine a particular room. I'd have to put in a scenario together, like, okay, where will this, the culminating image of my having achieved or attained this thing, where will this happen? Would it be in, a, you know, someone's house? Okay, what, is that, what does that room look like? And try to really fill it with the reality of that room and maybe feeling a breeze coming through a window, seeing the the curtain blow a little bit, and I could smell maybe honeysuckle on the um, the breeze. I would try to pull in as many physical senses into that visual to make it, you know, like the sense of summertime, uh, maybe a little bit of heat in that room because the, the heat was radiating from the roof down, and I'd see whoever it was that was congratulating me or whatever, um, generally, I see their face, I watch them say the words, I, I say something back, and then there's a physical contact that I always make happen where I can feel someone's arms around my back, like hugging me in congratulations, where I could feel the, just even the individual fingers uh, and stuff. And, and um, you know, if, if it's, you know, that's one of the scenarios that I paint, and that works really well. The other one would be just whatever the, uh, like when it was blackjack, I mean, uh, roulette, I just imagined the exact scenario of the roulette room that, uh, that was downstairs, and I sat in a certain place and did a certain thing, 
and I ended up doing that exact same thing, and boom, it hit. And then it hit a second time. <laughs> then I freaked out and left. And 12 hours later, I did it again, and it, boom, hit it again. <laughs> And that's when I was like, wait a minute, I don't know what to do now. Oh, my gosh. Well, he said he would give you heavenly days here on earth. When, what he means by that, see, you were testing and trying it and proving, yeah. you know, and, and it says it's faithful and just. That's why he says, test me, try me. See if I won't pour you out a blessing where there's hardly room enough to receive it. I'm going to give you so much there ain't going to be hardly room enough to take it all in. Right. It was mind blowing. Everywhere. Expensive. No, but once you another went, situation where I, I had to go do something, and it was generally like known that this place I had to go to was going to be like I don't know eight hours waiting time or whatever, and I didn't want to do that. And so before I went to bed, um, the day I decided that I have to go do this thing, I put in my mind that it would be smooth and easy, and I fell asleep, and I woke up having had a dream that showed me a secondary door, like a hidden recessed door of this place that wasn't known to the you know, public or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get in and out in 20 minutes without any problem. So I got the feeling that I was supposed to go that day and about the same time was like 3.30 in the afternoon. And that's generally like the worst time to go. So anyway, I went and I saw this second door only it wasn't recessed. What it was was it was reserved for people with appointments only, yeah. and I didn't have any. And as it turned out, my, my options were to follow exactly what I saw in my dream or to follow the rules of society where it says if you have an appointment, you can go through this door, but if you don't have an appointment, you can't go through this door. So I was being little rule follower, and I went and asked the uh, guard at the other door, and he told me, yeah, go ahead, go in there. Um, I said I had a, a confirmation, but I didn't have an appointment. And he said, um, he said, uh, first I, I said a confirmation. And he said, yeah, just go through that door. I go, well, it's not an appointment. He goes, oh, okay, well, you have to go back to the end of this line. I screwed myself because I, I um, used the rules of the natural and, and was, I was trying to get someone to give me the okay. I had to go in without that okay, and I, that's how I learned one of the rules of this thing, was that you don't, you're not looking for the material world to give you a, a authority, approval, or anything. You just follow what you saw in your dream or what you put together. So had I, had I gone, I still got out of there really quick, um, but it wasn't 20 minutes. Had I gone through that door without asking, it would have been 20 minutes or less. So, I mean, it was an amazing thing to see this. Uh, it, to other people, it may not have been anything, but it was the lessons you get when you follow this. Um, you see, will they get ta- lessons. Yeah, they taught us to listen to others or listen to them. Yeah, yeah, take li- approval. Yeah. yeah, instead of listening to ourselves, you know, because it's it's just like Puff the Magic Dragon Syndrome. You know, where, where you got yeah. you got the flim flam man and you got, you know, the talking about the walls that come tumbling down. And it says when the little girl asked him, can I leave now? He said, now, now is, uh, I forgot exactly how he said it. Uh, but then 
He said, well, no. He said, but since you've asked me, no, you can't leave. Exactly. Since you've asked me. Yeah. In and other words. That was the thing. That's what I learned is like when you are working in a fourth dimension and you're overlaying the fourth dimension onto the third, you follow the rules of the fourth dimension and you don't let the, the lower third dimension dictate to you. And that's exactly how it is in court. They're playing a game in the second dimension, and you're third dimensional. But if you go in there like a paper U.S. person or whatever, um, you're going to get your butt kicked. If you go in there as a higher dimensional man, if you go in there or and you invoke the law of the land, common law or equity, and you stand in that and you don't use their stuff, they will pretend to still go through their little charade but they definitely were going, they will pay attention to you and they'll wait till everybody's out of the room and then you'll either get a dismissal or you can, uh, if you actually file a claim, you will get paid because they're, they're, breaking, they're breaking the laws of the higher realm. But these are the things, um, that's, this is why it's been so amazing to me to see these two things so similar. <laughs> it's, really, it's really an amazing thing. No, I understand. So, yeah, about invoking invoking a higher um, authority, the the you know the rules that are created. Okay, the inferior creation cannot dictate to the creator. That's how it works. Okay, so like it, you know the rules of the United States commerce were created by the United States of America. They they are subordinate to the United States of America, where you have the actual law. That's why everything in uh, the United States in, in commerce is at law. It's close to law. It's not law. It's the law of the trust. Yes. So the trust is what it's operating in. So if, if you're one of the people in whom this trust was created and is holding your property as, as collateral, as um, reserves or whatever, mm -hmm. you have authority. But if you don't know it, you won't, act, you won't act on it. And that's why they say you're decedent, because you're acting as if you're not, um, you're not there anymore. But you can, you can activate it any time. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was a, see, these are some of the things that I've been working in, and, um, uh, yeah, they have a life of their own somehow. You get, well, that's just and, like uh, when the, the people go before a judge, that, you know, he tells them the, you know, talk about the bench, and it's a, bank. it's a bank. Yeah, they need to go back and look at that, because uh, a lot of people yeah, don't know. Oh, they're all dealing in securities. That's what it is. It's a, um, yeah. it's like a trading floor. But they have to put on. It is the way that they keep real. You know, supposedly keep um, the criminality out of. You know. <laughs> it's just there are people who are operating it that have taken advantage of our ignorance and our financial ignorance. And so that has turned into something it was never intended to be. But, you know, they use the guise that without them there would be all kinds of lawlessness. The truth is, is that if you actually know who you are, um, you are a non-adverse party, which means that you're actively aware of the trust and you can um, take control of that as grantor. But if you don't know about that, then it's completely legal for them to act in your stead. This is in the IRS code. 
<laughs> we found some pretty amazing stuff, man. Has anybody overcame that yet in a court of law? Because the uh, ones you don't do it in a court of you do that you do that in a court of equity, but you have to invoke the court of equity. And I got pretty dang close, except for when I did this, I didn't know how to um, I didn't know how to close the deal, and I was working third person with my son, and my son was completely clueless. And I um, they don't let you overstep somebody else's will, you know. And he he thought he was going to get out of it by just folding and taking an attorney, taking a public defender. And I warned him against it, but he thought he was going to get out of it, and um, it ended up where he. They, he got a good deal, quote-unquote, but he didn't take it that day. He said he had two weeks to take it, and by the time he came back, they took the, ta- the deal off the table. <laughs> so they were just giving it to him because for 11 months, we'd given it to them. Um, it's too much to go into now, but it was one of the best experiences I ever had. It taught me more than any book could ever teach. No, but I know there's a lot of people out there spirit, doing I know there's a lot of people out there doing what you're doing and other like Fox and all them, but there's uh, Fox is dead now, but I mean, the, yeah. there's a lot of things going on that they, I mean, people say they win this and that, but you know, those, if, very you, don't, if you don't walk away with money or whatever remuneration you didn't win, just getting a dismissal or discharge isn't a win. Well, that I understand that like people yeah. when they, they go to the bank to get a loan. The IRS law says that the the banks cannot loan money at all. Hey, you know what? We should probably not talk about this on this call. <laughs> I'd be happy to chat with you on a different um, private line, but, yeah, not this call. I have been spending nothing but the last two years in this. I have a lot I could tell you about, but not now. No, I As a matter understand. of fact, I need to get off anyway. I have to take care of some things in the kitchen before it's time to wrap it up for everybody in the house. I understand that. Well, sister, I'm glad you came in. I mean, we we missed you when you wasn't here. And, uh, I mean, like even Gil, Gil wasn't here for a few weeks. And, I mean, he's, but thank God he came in tonight. I mean. Uh, I've been so, you know, tied up with what I've been doing that, you know the it's it's been nonstop. It really has. Once you find like a thread like this, and you you see it where it's what it really is, it's like you just got to keep going because there's so much to learn in this. I mean, there really is a lot to learn, and it's pretty intensive. But the there's enlightenment, a- the bandwidth in my mind has grown so much because of coming into this knowledge of the, the I am I can't even tell you I would have never in a million years thought I could grasp what I'm grasping now I understand but you know uh, I don't know if I mean there's a lot of things happening with uh, you know let's just say the yeah, for another Repu- time. Republicans and Democrats okay yeah yeah but you know what that doesn't mean nothing because they can't change the trust the trust is the trust no, no, the no, 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 no. Well, it depends on what trust you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to have to leave you with that. I'm not going to go into it on this call. No, I understand, but uh, there's still. I understand. Jim, I really do have to go. I'm sorry, but yeah, I got, I got to go right now. 
for sister we thank you for coming may yava bless you keep you and all that are thank on this you too. and may all your desires that you have that are good good and very good come true each and every way thank and each and every day may yava bless you and you. keep and with that <laughs> folks i'm going to end the call shalom prosper be perfect health we'll talk again soon i hope you and i privately well you you have my number i believe i don't know where i put it after all these years let me get my book hold on oh you don't want to you know what i sent you an email do you, are you still uh yava man that, that's, that, yeah i'm at yava man you sent me an email but uh didn't you also text me no you know you must have me confused i don't have your if I did, you you didn't uh, you didn't respond to my email, so I didn't know if you got it or not. Okay, Yava Man at Yahoo or whatever that is. No, not at Yahoo. Yava Man at Gmail dot com. Okay. All right. Okay, sister, we love you. Okay, now. next time respond. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I will. I will. But believe me, there's a lot of people that's been with oh, what's you have going. A lot of emails? Well, no, I think Michael's got the list of the emails because I think he got. So I'm Gary. not on your list anymore. I'm not on the list, so you have to put me on there. I'll I'll, I'll email you, okay? Okay, sister. We love you now. Okay. Blessings to you. Thank you for the talk. It was great. I'm sorry Thank if I overtook you. I enjoyed it with you. No, I, that, that's what this call's all about. That we wish more people would come in and partake and be part of it more than a lot of them are. I mean, the ones that do, we gra- we greatly appreciate that. Okay, then I don't feel bad. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> I hope not. That's what the whole call's <laughs> no, about. No, I feel actually it was great. It was wonderful. Thank you. We love okay, you now. next time. Okay, bye. Bye, sister. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.